Are you listening closely? Every magic trick consists of three parts or acts. The first part is called the pledge. The magician shows you something ordinary, a deck of cards, a bird, or a man. Perhaps he asks you to inspect it. To see that it is a deep real, unordered, normal. But of course, it probably isn't. The second act is called the turn. The magician takes the ordinary something and makes it do something extraordinary. Now, you're looking for the secret, but you won't find it. Because, of course, you're not really looking. You don't really want to know. You want to be fooled. But you wouldn't clap yet. Because making something disappear isn't enough. You have to bring it back. And welcome, 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 welcome. Welcome to the podcast that does, I think, what it says in the tin. It's best film ever. My name's Ian. I'm Liam. And I'm Ethan. And that's it, yeah. yeah. Ethan got the, yeah. and I'm Ethan, because... Uh, presto changeo <laughs> we've made georgia disappear Woo! but you gotta make her reappear we, we, we have to bring her back we have to bring her back yeah, yeah. but you may have to wait a week for that folks <laughs> <laughs> we, plus, haven't, plus, we haven't quite perfected this just yet plus it's an audio format if she just went i'm georgia like, it's, it's like, it's, like yeah. it's not really much of like oh how'd you do that <laughs> <laughs> but we're here to talk about episode number 109 one of my bullets in the chamber which ethan grabbed the gun and fired off the prestige yeah. the prestige Woo. yeah um it's been it's been a week since we've last got together and done this as it is every week yeah yeah <laughs> um last week liam you and i were talking and you went, how's the podcast doing i'm like uh, it's like we're like in the middle of the ocean with no breeze yeah and we're just sitting here it was our wor- last sunday was our worst day in like nine months crazy it was insane and then this friday we had our best day ever so you know swings and roundabouts and we have had like the last four days downloads have been huge wow which you know i just want to say yesterday we this time last year we reached our ten thousand downloads yeah georgia i don't know if georgia put it out or you found something georgia had put out if it came up for you as like a memory georgia georgia yeah yeah so we did it was it was a big ten thousand number and we've left that number far in the dust this year. Whereabouts like, are we now then? We're like, we're coming up on 50. Whoa. We're coming up on 50. I don't think we'll do it. I think I'm safe. I don't think we'll do it before March 12th. <laughs> we could. Who knows? If this rate keeps up, maybe. But um, but no, uh, I think we, we, we should hit 50 right around April 1st. Wow. By my current prognostication. Wow. So. That has blown my mind. The April Fool's not us, nor is it our, our, our fantastic listenership. Thank you for each and every one of those yeah, downloads, whether you were here for one or if you're responsible for we're well north of 200 pieces of content now. So whichever, whatever it was, thank you very much, folks. Well, if it wasn't for you guys out there, then uh, we wouldn't be reaching the targets we're reaching. Yeah. And so maybe yeah. it's a good time to talk about our reach around the world, shall we? So we've uh, charted this week in Canada, Canada. in Australia, Canada. in Ireland. In Denmark, where Georgia is. Thanks, Georgia. Uh, In the Netherlands, in Switzerland, in Colombia, Malaysia, number 54 here at home in the UK, number 46 in Nigeria, and number 34 in South Korea. Wow. Places I never thought that we'd have a Never. And Sierra Leone, we're still leaving the light on for it. Of course, always. (laughs) Tell you what didn't have a light left on for it, though. My Christmas tree lights finally went out. Finally went out. What day did they go? Thursday, February 10th. 
Wow. Yeah. I, lo- I was out for the day and I came home and I went, oh, they're out. Uh, now, that should have been like, now you have no excuses to leave that tree up, but it's still sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so little. It's just the idea of going, well. I love the decorations. What you going to do? Yeah, it's all right. It's not bad for, for a little three-foot tree. It'll do, it'll do what it'll do. So there is uh, that. A uh, quick promo time. Uh, first off, I mean, we did Django Unchained with Julene from did. It Goes Down in the yeah. PM. Yeah. Uh, great episodes performing really well. Performing good, really good, well. Good, it's good. one of how about of our top ten day ones. So that that's that's good. It's not that's, bad. Yeah, really done over mm. two hundred. Did you say two hundred pieces of content? And yeah. if you want to talk about like full reviews, which getting the majority of our downloads. Exactly. I mean, we're on episode one oh. It was one oh eight last week. So yeah. it'd be you know te- in the top ten of one hundred and eight. That's not exactly chump change. No, that's pretty good. No, yeah. so it's very very good. Um, we also uh, released. Who do you think you are, Ethan? You and I got together and did yeah. uh, the Pandorica opens in the Big Bang. Yeah, we did. And I tried to give a spoiler-free review of a of a live experience. For the most part, I, I think you did a, well, you did yeah. all right. You did all right. Until like the final sentence. Well, well you, you you kept naming characters and I'm like these might these these, these might be a surprise. <laughs> you yeah. might want to lock this some down just some a bit. On, which was the weird thing because some of them were just like posters and yeah, then that's others, fine. I was like, yeah. Yeah. So there we go. Uh, I recorded yesterday. It'll be out this coming Friday. Our latest in the BFE Quiz Night series. BFE Ooh. episode six. Be sorry, BFE Quiz Night episode six. Return of the Quiz Night. So Return there we are. Quiz Night. Where Danny from It's a Musical uh, took on. Oh, I'm trying to remember exactly who I was there. We had Julene. We had Hermes. We had Carlo from the movie Loot. Wow. And we had the Eat Meister. Ooh. Up there, yeet. yeah, yeet, and none of them knew it was going to be all based on on romance movies, <laughs> <laughs> romance and romantic comedies, because it is all it's, as we sit here today. Valentine's Day is tomorrow, tomorrow for you yeah. suckers yeah. who who take part in it. Yep, I'm going to own that. So, I mean, you sucker, amateur hour, man. I, I can't complain. I got some nice Valentine. Did you? Wow, I, I, I yeah, just yeah. don't do it. Never have. I'm, I'm Never really, will. I'm really heaping into my my nerd thing. I got an anime figurine, so I'm, I'm a happy boy. What are you? Are, are, are you doing Valentine's? You got a guilty smile. You're totally doing Valentine's. No, I'm not. Oh no. Okay. Not. okay. I know. I was going to surprise you because I'm not. I'm. Me and my girlfriend decided that we weren't going to do anything. It's amateur hour. Yeah. Everybody can do it because the calendar tells them to do it. Yeah. Now the big talk. Now you actually have, the thing is that you have to, you have to do something when the counter doesn't tell you. <laughs> you got to prove it the other days if you're going to have my stand. So there we go. Maybe so I just, might do it the day after. Hey, well, one day later. <laughs> Gee, it's like, it's, for me, it's another one of those days because we, we get each other gifts like whenever we do, but it's more just like, oh, yeah, everyone else is doing it. Maybe I can get some nice cool deals and have a meal. Mm-hmm. Every day special. Every day is special. Is. Next Sunday is going to be special because we're going to record our real roundtable on the shortest, Ooh. well, not the shortest movies ever, but on mo- great movies under 100 minutes. Yes. Short month, short movies. And man, did I not anticipate the Disney folks getting involved in this. Really? A lot oh. of animated, a lot of Disney. And I'm like, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Especially to our friends at Defining Disney. I hear you. Surely there's some other great movies outside of Disney. I, I appreciate how many horror movies are so short. There we go. I appreciate living the gift. You know what I'm finding? A lot of my favorites are like the ones that are making my list, at least as I'm starting to draft it, like little independent comedy movies. Yeah. With, yeah. Great, with like great scripts yeah. because there's no need to extend, to extend those. You know what I mean? It's just so full of dialogue. So that's my favorite. Most is like, of oh, that's a cool movie. That'll be a great one. And there's like two minutes over. I'm like, ah, bastards. If you go on, I'm, I, I was my little advert for Flick Chart. Flick Chart is amazing. Mm. If you're a cinephile, Flick Chart is a fun way to waste days of your life but you <laughs> oh, can yeah. go through your list and amongst all the criteria it lists uh running time 
And so you can just scroll down there and go, how long is that? How, oh, 95. Okay, great. Is it? And looking back and going, oh, is that really something I want to do? So I've gone non, I've gone non animated with mine because I think it's just part of the, uh, just too easy for a Disney film, isn't it? It is. It to is. get under 100 yeah. minutes. It's just yeah. not, you know, kids weren't meant for long attention spans. So I want to see like a live action that can make me get out of there under 100 minutes and me to go, got my money's worth. Hell yeah. That's, that's, that's difficult to do. I wrote 90 minute movies on my list. I need to change something. Anything under a triple digit, buddy. Anything under, uh, anything oh, under 100. Brilliant. There's like, there you go. So many movies I can now. So many more movies. So, uh, get a hold of us on the Twitter. That's at best film ever pod and it's hashtag BFE top five. If you want to add your list, add your voice. Mm-hmm. Speaking of adding your voices, let's talk about and talk about the people who, who, who help keep the lights on here at the yeah. studio awesomeness. Our fantastic Patreon backers, our friends of the podcast. Yeah. That would include Reverend Bruce. Reverend Bruce. Uh, hey. Juline, 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 Juline. We got Lena oberholzer very big on the on the uh real round tables always gets me a list nice. uh mrs reverend bruce katie hello katie hey, hey. chris peterson peterson uh we've got <laughs> instead of norm peterson um, randall silva we've got Good name ensign ian davies making it so we've got dwayne smith dwayne smith that's right we've got <laughs> the yeet Meister. And it's a welcome, 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 welcome to friend of the podcast, Hermes, who's hey. jumped in at the BFF of the BFE really? level. Wow. He is wow. picking March's film. I know what it is. He's all in. Oh, that's exciting. So, yeah, he was, uh, he got a hold and said, here we go. He said, I, I, I've got to, he said, you got to do this movie and I have to be talking to you when you do it. And I'm like, well, hey, yeah. absolutely, man. Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you what, it's one I had in the chamber too. Oh really? So I'll tell you what, it's a big few months for me, these last few months. We 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 we've had a lot of stuff. So moving on then. So some reflections and corrections. First off, I think we can all agree that Julian did a great job last week. Brilliant job. Mm -hmm. Lovely time. Great, great, great job. So much positivity. We will have you back. Julian. Yeah. Already messaging me with all these ideas she's got for her next film i'm like hey do whatever do whatever you want just 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 have fun with it it's yeah, all good that's what it's all about uh she said i had a blast uh doing the the episode and got to wear my bfe t-shirt and chopping it up with them was the best part quentin tarantino's one of my favorite filmmakers ever so anything by him would have made my day and she there's a mistake think she messaged me because she caught her own mistake. I think Julie wanted the whole experience. <laughs> well so she said that she accidentally referred to Leo's sister in the episode as Caroline, but the sister's name is Lara. Oh, so there we go. Up, I didn't pick up on that. Reverend Bruce yeah. kind of made a play for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as a future choice of his, but his wife can't watch it. Maybe it's a bit too out there. He's referring to a drug-laced bulldog, I think, in yeah. part, part of it. A third act's yeah. intense. It'll wake you up. Yeah. Uh, Ethan, I I got a note here from friend of the podcast, Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. That's like a a, a lag check at the same time. (laughs) So I can't believe it took so long to get a Quentin Tarantino film, but it was worth waiting for. He says, you all have to watch Kill Bill. It's not entirely a martial arts film. It has the usual Quentin elements, too. Uh, He loved his Julene shout out, uh, you know, her doing George's part, I guess. He said he'd forgotten about the Baker's Batch incident. So funny. He's going back and listening to old episodes. And the Aladdin incident. He says, I feel honored to have featured so much in both the highlight reel and the blooper reel. And having 
said that, Dwayne. I'm just here to say this. Juline has already had clips, I can tell you this, isolated for the end of the year. I won't say if it's the best of of the worst of, but there are clips from that episode that have been harvested. And Juline is part of one of them. I'll tell you that at the very least. Oh, she's going to love it. So there we go. Um, he says, I can't really get my head around how much Liam hates Parasite. It's a really good film. I hate it. And, I hate it. And I'm very surprised about Train Spotting. Not that Georgia hates it. I already knew that. Uh, Step Taylor jumped in talking about Will Smith, who we said was supposed was, was given first choice of Django. Mm. And he says, Will Smith would have ruined this film unless he, he was full on Fresh Prince with rapping pickup lines, bright green cap, basketball dribbling daddy issues, and mouthing the lines of his fellow performers. That I could get into. I just love him like break the fourth wall at one point. Just Leo's there talking. He just kind of looks to the camera and is like, what yeah. is this? Yeah. And then one more time, Liam, help me out from Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. He said, I want to give respect to Ethan for making it through this film. He clearly struggled with it, but was able to articulate his feelings really well and still be objective. The circumstances in which he watched it could not have been comfortable, and I really felt for him. So there you go, uh, buddy. You got some love. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Uh, your, your viewing experience. I don't know what it is about me. I don't know if I'm just cold inside. You are. You're cold. Movies don't tend to... <laughs> You're dead inside, dude. Not on that. Like, <laughs> things that would be shocking, I tend to sort of sit back. Maybe I'm, it's just because I'm so analytical and I'm just watching or thinking about the story. I don't know what it is. You are very analytical when like, you watch a movie. I can cry. Like, I had, a, I forget what it was. Forrest Gump, I was crying when I was watching that. And it hit me in sort of that emotional space. But as far as that, like, this might be triggering or traumatizing, mm. I tend to have some emotional distance from that. You do. I saw um, a few a few years ago, I saw this movie Mother by Darren Aronofsky. So, you know, it's already going to be, like, intense. <laughs> yeah. But I saw that in the cinema and it was uh, it was like myself and like two other people. And one of them was a pregnant woman. Uh, and there's a scene in that movie where Jenna, no one's going to watch this film like sure. here, where Jennifer Lawrence gives birth to a child and some very awful things happen to it. Right. And I, I was sitting there with my head in my hands being like, uh, the, out of the, a third of the people here, it's someone who would not want to see this. Okay. And that like affected it even more. I wonder if my taking notes has something to do with it. I think so. Maybe. Yeah. You get to sort of... Like, I'm picking up on, like, I'm trying to think of talking points and things we could go off of and trying to cover the plot. It's just, it's just an interesting thing. I just sort of thought about it when that happened. I'm like, I don't remember the last time I was really truly, I'm not looking for films that are going to bother me. (laughs) But that's sort of that experience. Yeah. Yeah, It's a bit like me now watching a movie. I can't watch it the way I used to watch them. Yeah. After doing this podcast, I, I look at things analytically now. Yeah. So, yeah. It's different when you're driving the bus to the destination than the passengers. That's good. It's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're still like you, you see the you see the car wreck, but you need to yeah. stay on the road, and everyone's like, everyone gets to rubberneck. There might be a point to that. This hosting thing's a lot of plate spinning, and there's a lot of multitasking <laughs> going on. You do very, very well. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a different. It's interesting because that's why I like guesting on other shows so much because I get to like not do any of that and just yeah. kind of Rift. shoot from the hip. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Actually, yeah, I noticed that with Doctor Who because I'm having to be like more. Oh, you're totally more. having to be more like me, and I'm just like yeah. sitting there going. Now let me tell you <laughs> what I really like, liked oh. about this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, there was this and this, and it really hurt me here. And I'm like, yeah, anyway. Because, yeah, because you're next? doing me. You're trying to run through the plot. Yeah. And I'm going, no, I got to stop you here because we got to talk yeah. about this. <laughs> it's really interesting. So, if you want to hear sort of, yeah. if you don't usually listen to us, uh, sort of on the Who Do You Think You Are episodes, uh, I might recommend just, I mean, you probably want to watch the episode of Doctor Who we're talking about, but check that out and sort of hear us sort of playing the other's parts, kind of fitting. Our for most this movie, recent one yeah. yeah. was like, I think, a hell of a, a, hell of a flip from that sort I really of enjoyed, structure between us. Actually, yeah. as, far as, as far as they go, I really enjoyed the last one. I thought it was a really, really strong one. yeah yeah 
give it to Matt Smith. I'd give it to Stephen Moffat. I mean, the guy can just write. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and do our uh, regular shout outs. Uh, we got Spy Hards who came out with an update on Moonfall and Jackass Forever. <laughs> Um, Danny went and he wants a BFE episode on Jackass Forever because he went and saw it. No Steve-O though, apparently. Maybe not, but I got news for you. Jackass Forever? Eligible. Really? No. 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. I went and checked it. I have no idea. Wow. Is is that a film? Not really. Is is that cinema? No. It's in the same way that you'd watch like a a prank like, movie like jackass was like youtube before youtube was youtube yeah. you know what i mean yeah yeah like it was like, like what's some stupid stuff that we can do and then charge people to watch it and now it's only because of the name brand nostalgia didn't they used to be on it's M- like MTV if you made an america's yeah. funniest home videos movie like tosh point oh got a movie yeah like like um, what's his name johnny knoxville um yeah. was on was on wrestling uh, earlier in the month it was the royal rumble wow but like he's got like pure white hair like the guy's like old now yeah yeah like i'm just sitting there going wasn't he in the remake of dukes of hazard he I think was so. yeah. he was also in oh, the premise of this is just dreadful he's in a movie with <laughs> Catherine heigl oh i think it's called the ringer where his <laughs> uncle have you seen this no his uncle owes a lot of money to some bad people yeah and so the way he's gonna do it is he's gonna enter himself in the special olympics oh no and, oh, no. and he's gonna like dominate so like his yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, but then during his time in the, in the special olympics he like meets katherine heigl as one of the volunteers it's like a romantic comedy on yeah. top of it <laughs> yeah yeah oh it's he he actually kind of pulls his part off. like it's not it's like the subject matter is dreadful <laughs> yeah. but i'll tell you what actually uh if i remember correctly the special Olympics community came out really far in support in support of the movie because they said this presents our athletes as multifaceted human beings like it doesn't infantilize them which i think a lot of people do when uh, they think about you know yeah, they treat yeah. them like mm-hmm. children like they're not children they're they're, they're, they're adults and yeah, for some yeah. reason you know we need to realize they're they're, they're multi-dimensional and not what's presented. so we're actually like like gain some positive press but you just hear it and you're like this is dreadful <laughs> that we're gonna rig the Especially special attached to it. and gambling <laughs> <laughs> and he so a small aside he shows up for like the first of these things like yeah i'm gonna take this like a, like a walk in the park and they cream him oh cool. he finishes like last they're all making fun of him it's so good <laughs> oh i don't think i don't think it'll be i don't think it qualifies but i need to see this it's it's, it's an all right little movie cool. um then we've also got uh oh, hey some of your folks here liam the summon it boys for hey, all the love hey. and how not to summon a podcast yeah good lads what are you gonna be on there again i don't know um they have talked about it but i was trying to get everyone together it's and scheduling's hard yeah it is yep. it is mm-hmm. Uh, Hermes, we said before, he's so excited for the prestige, he cannot wait. Well, you've only got a few more minutes now until we crack at it. <laughs> uh, Ensign Ian Davies was interested in a Quentin Tarantino Star Trek film. I'd be well up for that. I think we said yeah. that last time. Yeah. yeah. Um, Danny and Drew for the love. And that's from It's a Musical. They're about to hit episode 100. So Ooh. if you want to see and listen to them, they're going to talk Ooh. about, um, they're going to talk about Wizard of Oz in their 100th episode. That's a good movie. Oh, that's, that's, that's- yeah, it's a classic. It I, I'm not really a fan of it, but it's a classic, and oh, I can understand I, why I, they went I there. Like it. I like it. Yeah, I do. Hundred yeah. oh. episodes. If I if I only had a heart, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> if only I had a brain. <laughs> I guess that would make Ethan like the one who needs some courage. <laughs> feels, feels about right. Put him up. Put him up. He did play. Didn't he? <laughs> he played the lion. Did, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So fitting. Uh, Dwayne Smith for the love. Uh, we've already given like three of them. <laughs> Josh, my next favorite movie. Who I. I put out a little joke about your next favorite, uh, best month ever too, best month Boogaloo. Yeah. He responded. <laughs> uh, 
about about dance moves and a special invitation to Ellie. So I I I, I think it might be happening. Ooh. I think best month two might be happening. We'll, we'll, we'll either that or I've put just like ridiculous pressure on him here. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks a lot, Josh. He always uh, reaches out and gives us um, mentions when he's listening to us. Top puts us at the top of the list. It's nice. it's absolute. Uh, he's a gentleman. Uh, the Ultra Jury Parlay Hour for the love. Shoot the flick for the love. Ian from Bit Dead for every mention. A uh, So Wizard Podcast for the love. Chuck and Rough go to the movies. Uh, they did Shrek last week. Ooh. Shrek's a really divisive thing. People are like it if I love it. I think I said I think I'm kind of past it. I am. The first but, one's good. But people but who love it really well, is what you did the first one. So there we go. First one's good. Uh, there are from- people I think that like confuse their love of Shrek with haha funny meme man now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I think you're right. People like Shrek kind of in this ironic fashion, and I'm like, I get this postmodern. I don't know if it's supposed to be. Yeah, I can't get on board with that. Uh, Ed from the Film Effect, they're doing some sort of a new weekly um, news, entertainment news sort of feeling. Bigger panel, panel four. Cool. Panel four. Panel four. That sounds good. You know what? I get on to something there. I do. Panel of four people. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good stretch and then our word of the week brought to us by um by julene but you also had it ready to go bounty I, hunter i did yeah uh weird that had some great uh submissions we had uh one from from hermes who did dog the bounty hunter who was a big deal <laughs> dog uh, we the had bounty dwayne hunter. smith also did dog the bounty hunter his name was dwayne uh was it really yeah but it was a different gif we had ensign ian davies who did one but the best one for my money, was Josh from the next favorite movie who did, uh, it was Cartman from South Park dressed up as Dog the Bounty Hunter. (laughs) (laughs) So because of multiple layers, that's what gets the vote. Uh, If you wanted to make our day and get our vote, why not give us a review on Apple or Spotify? Five stars is our magic number. Five is the magic number. Uh, let's talk about <laughs> speaking about magic. Let's speak about the prestige. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So who hadn't seen the? Oh, okay. So Liam, you're up for grabs whether you hadn't seen this before or not. Yeah, because the love I didn't remember. Is there a chance you fall asleep? I think I saw bits of it. Okay. It's a really weird movie to just see bits of. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> honestly, I forgot Bowie was in it. Did you? Yeah. I've yeah. got a lot of people in it. Um, and then, of course, Ethan, this was your first time, which is why you wanted to yeah. watch it. This, yeah, this is my first time because you guys have spoken so highly of it. And I know so many people like, oh, this is one of the best Nolan movies you need to see. And, and I think, therefore, I deserve credit for not spoiling this for you. Oh, I'm so, yeah. <laughs> to talk around I'm, it around you for so long and not give it anything away. Do you know? Must that- have been like it. Two years, three years, oh, maybe easy, more. Easy. Do you yeah. know if the roles were reversed, Ethan would have told you. By oh, I would. He would have spoiled everything. There'd be no point I, I, watching I, it. Ethan, you would have tried. I will say this to anybody who's listening and doing one of those. Oh, I might listen to it to see if I like it first. Do not, do not listen watch to this it. first. Stop the podcast. Watch the film. Absolutely, it's available in the UK on Prime. I don't know what it's available on anywhere else. I know here in the UK, I it's on Prime. It's- Disney Plus, because it's a st- touchstone movie, so depending on where it is, I think. Yeah, but it wasn't here. Here it was Prime, so yeah. who knows? Who, At least in America, I, I've learned with Disney streaming, Plus. who knows? Yeah, It could be No anywhere. one knows. No one knows. Sometimes you can get both. Sometimes you can get both. Yeah. So why don't you go ahead, find it wherever you can, stop this, watch it first, because you can't. You only get one first shot at this. You do. I yeah. saw a gift today, or a meme that said, about wanting to wish you could go back and watch the office again for the first time and i'm like absolutely and the Never flip side it. of this oh really the no. flip side of that is um watching 
like the prestige for the first time and it's such an important plot driven movie uh, that once once you can only see it once the first time and then what i do is i force other people to watch it and stay in the room with them so i can watch <laughs> their reactions to it because that's the next best thing yeah is watching someone else go through those things because the first time i saw this i was at the cinema with my sister she wanted to see it and sent me a link to it and i was like yeah all right cool we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll, and we'll catch us out and i really wasn't that 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 up for it actually when i when i went in and came out with a much different perspective how old is this movie then this movie's like I want to say 2006. Wow. Yeah, 16 years. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. We're coming up on 16 at least. Oh yeah. So yeah. there's. I mean, what are people's experience with Christopher Nolan <laughs> films in general? Um, Big explosive. Yeah. <laughs> action likes to play with 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 structure. Structure and weirdness. Yeah. Like I haven't seen Ethan. Please know what I'm saying. I haven't seen Interstellar, yeah. so please don't ruin it for me. I haven't um, either. Because I understand. Oh, okay. Because no, I hear there's some sort of. You'll uh, still ruin it. There's, some, there's, there's, there's <laughs> yeah. some sort of thing with that one as well. But like Isn't my, that Jennifer Lawrence. It's Matthew. It's all right. All right. All right. Oh, it's Matthew McConaughey. I think you're thinking of um, that one with Chris Pratt. Oh, uh, passengers. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, that was it. Pretty people in space. <laughs> that's it was after us, but that it's, was just a shit. It's just an air eh kind of movie. Yeah. Um, I've seen Memento, of course. Oh, yeah. blew my mind. That. Memento. Uh, Tenet. We did a, the three of us did a scene skip it on yeah, Tenet. Yeah, that was, that where, was weird. Where I, where I famously said that Anakin Skywalker was in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else? Um, he, he did, um, oh, it's not, oh, what do I think? Dunkirk, but he also did Inception. Yeah. Oh, he did. So yeah. he likes to mess with, like, he's really clever and sometimes it gets in the way of a, of, of a good movie. Uh, this is him kind of in his earlier sort of versions thereof. I, j- I used to say Nolan was my favorite because of what he does with structure. And then I saw Tenet and I'm going, are you, that was too far. In hindsight, Tenet's too far. Too far, yeah. It's a really clever idea. Yeah, but to keep and, on top and, of and that. And you know what? I'm going to totally go into everything I'm saying because I've been the guy railing saying we need new original movies. Yeah. And we do. And we do. We do. I'm not sure Tenet was what I needed, but it was something. Um, was I weird. wonder if I go back and see it for the second time if my opinion on Tenet might change. I think I was like, it's okay. It's good. And again, to get your head around what I think I said on. this when we reviewed yeah. Tenet. Was like I felt it was a film you had to watch a second time to get it. Yeah. Now yeah. I feel that the second time you watch Prestige, you get it for a different reason. Yeah. But I still think it's a very rewarding first watch. That's yeah. my argument with the first with watch Prestige. Is the best watch. It's a different watch, and you only get one of them. Yeah. You get a it's million second watches, yeah. but you only get yeah. one first watch. So let's go ahead and jump in on that. So uh, Christopher Nolan was the director, as we said, of The Prestige, screenplay by Jonathan Nolan and Christopher Nolan, oh. and music by David Julian. Uh, if you know Jonathan Nolan, he was one of the writers for Westworld. So talk about oh, okay. talk about structure and just getting the idea of kind of like he's – but two of them are the masters at going, you think you got things figured out? Wait a second. Yeah, we're going to fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> like five of those moments during this film. So um, Sam Mendes' producer approached Christopher Priest, who was the writer of the novel The Prestige, which I didn't know it was a book Oh, before I started to do this. But it makes sense it'd be a book, I guess. Yeah. Um, Priest was impressed with Nolan's films Following, i never seen Following, and Memento. And subsequently, producer Valerie Dean brought the books to Nolan's attention. In October 2000, Nolan was traveling to the UK to publicize Memento. Uh, while in London, he read the book and shared the story with his brother while walking around in Highgate. Ooh. Where's Highgate? Hmm. 
Uh, inland. West, yep. <laughs> I, think, I think it's West London. West London? Okay. Not got a clue. Yeah. Uh, it was a location later used in the scene where Angier ransoms Borden's uh, engineer in the, in the cemetery. Uh, the development oh. process for the prestige began as a reversal of their earlier collaboration when Jonathan Nolan had pitched his initial story to Memento to his brother during a road trip. So that's kind of all right. Uh, a year later, the option of the books became available and was purchased by Aaron Ryder of New Market Films. Nolan was busy with the post-production of Insomnia and asked his brother Jonathan to help work on the script. And the script for this film took five years to write. Bloody hell, no oh, wonder. I can see why. A, it's really intricate, and B, they were just he was really busy. Uh, in the script, they really finessed it, though, didn't they? Oh, absolutely. In the script, the Nolans emphasized the use of magic in the story through <laughs> the dramatic You say Nolans, narrative. I, think, I think of, I'm in the mood for dancing. I don't know that. You don't know the Nolans? No, I have no idea. From Blackpool. <laughs> oh, is it? That's probably why. <laughs> <laughs> they were a group of sisters that sung. <laughs> the three acts of the screenplay were deliberately structured around the three elements of the film's illusion, the pledge, the turn, and the prestige. Uh, Chris Nolan said, uh, it took a long time to figure out how to achieve cinematic versions of the very literary devices that drive the intrigue of the story. This is to an interview with Variety. He continues, the shifting points of view, the idea of journals within journals and stories within stories, finding the cinematic equivalents of these devices was very complex. Although the film is thematically faithful to the novel, two major changes were made. There's a subplot about spiritualism in the novel. They got rid of that and uh, the modern day frame of a story was replaced with Borden waiting for the gallows. Uh, the, the author of the book, Priest, uh, Christopher Priest, approved of the adaptation, describing it as an extraordinary and brilliant script, a fascinating adaptation of my novel. Hmm. It's not too often you the person who wrote it going, yeah, yeah, I'm on board with that. Yeah. 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 Uh, in early 2003, Nolan planned to direct the film before Batman Begins. Ooh. Wow. And then that accelerated and pushed it back further. And it's one of three 2006 movies to feature magic and magicians as main characters. The others are one called Scoop, which also starred Hugh Jackman and Scarlett Johansson. Wow. But then the one that kept popping up was The Illusionist. And The Illusionist is, have you seen that? Is that Ed Norton? Yes. The Illusionist wow. is not a bad film. It's not a great film. And the oh, number of people, the, for a second. the number of people I would send out and go, you have to watch the Prestige, and they'd come back going, you saw it. I said, okay, and you thought, well, that was all right. Went, you didn't watch Prestige. <laughs> you watched The Illusionist. Hundred percent, this has happened. And I, went, I remember a friend of mine named Dad, and he was like, uh, he was like, yeah, that was all right. I said, you didn't watch it. No, no, I watched it. I said, no, you didn't watch it. It was just okay. It was just okay. I said. Ed Norton in it? You went, yeah. I said, yeah, you didn't watch it. <laughs> you watch The Illusionist. Because generally, if I send people to go ahead and watch The Prestige, they come back with more. You either are going to love this or you're going to hate this, but I don't think there's a middle ground on this one. Yeah. I think. Oh, I'm fairly middle. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Spo- someone's spoiling their. Uh, they're rating here. Mm. Um, and so um, that really leads up to 2006 was, a, was, was the year of magic in the air. Uh, so let's begin our deep dive, literally. And we begin with black hats. Into the tank. A bunch of black hats. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've come up all wet. Um, uh, black hats. And we just get told, are you watching closely? And then it it, bl- it it blings out, but you know, that image of the hatch, you're like, what's that about? <laughs> Hang on. 
<laughs> Holy shit. There we are. <laughs> yeah, and yes. I'm just putting everything so, together. So the way we're going to present this, we had a discussion before the mics on. We're going to go through yeah. it kind of linearly, and we're not going to sort of talk about two or three. Uh, the, the big idea, I think it's easier if we get to the yeah. part where it naturally reveals itself, and then we sort of talk a little bit about some of the ramifications thereof. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Mm-hmm. And we get told uh, there's, uh, there's a voiceover, uh, our second one already, and we're only about six seconds in. Uh, <laughs> and we're cross-cutting between an old man and a little girl, and then also a big theater trick with blind stagehands. And we get told every magic trick consists of three parts or acts. The first part is called the pledge. The magician shares something ordinary, a deck of cards, a bird, or a man. And we get the guy kind of showing the bird to this little girl, he shows you the object. Perhaps he asks you to inspect it to see if it is indeed real, unaltered, normal. But of course, it probably isn't. And the second act is called the turn. Now, in our mix with all this, we have a big theater with this giant laser show kind of machine. And we've got someone who clearly isn't supposed to be backstage sneaking around backstage. Yep. And it's been so we have this really like like lovely like one old guy doing like a little magic trick for a little girl. And then we've got this giant theater. Um the magician takes the ordinary something and makes it do something extraordinary. Now you won't you're looking for the secret, but you won't find it because of course you're not really looking. You don't really want to know. You want to be fooled. But you wouldn't clap yet because making something disappear isn't enough. You have to bring it back. And the old guy brings back a little budgie. Mm-hmm. And the little girl claps. And he goes, now, of course, you're looking for the secret, but you won't find it, of course. You're not really looking. You don't really want to work it out. You want to be fooled. And this is where the magician we saw at the start of the movie is now in a tank. And the other one's, like, banging at him to get out. And he's he's, he's dead. Yeah. yeah. And that's how we start the movie. Yeah. Now, we don't know who these people are. What's going we don't on? know what's going We get the idea that there's some sort of some sort of thing. One of the images goes, I'm in the bloody act. But you're like, clearly he's not. Yeah. But you're reading it. You're going, I can't figure out how to place any of this. And he goes, great. You think you got that? Well, we're going somewhere else. We're going to a trial of this murder. Now, we still don't know who's who. Yeah. For anything. Mm. But we get told the guy on, on trial is um, Mr. Borden. And Mr. Borden, uh, we'll talk about who he plays him in a second. But the lawyer is his interviewing the old man from the previous scene with a little girl. Now, he's here as a witness at the trial. And he says, well, what's the deal with the water tank? And so the water tank is part of the first trick, at which point it then gets taken underneath the um, stage, now. stage. And that's it for the rest of the night. And he goes, so was it supposed to be located underneath a trap door? He goes, well, of course not. It was supposed to be somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, well, then can you account for, you know, it's full of water. It's like, what, you know, tons. How can he move it? And he goes, he's a magician. Why don't you ask him or something <laughs> to that ilk? Everybody laughs and gets, and this is where you're going, okay, so they're, so they're both magicians. For, and I'm getting some information here, but I'm getting it through pieces. And I'm kind of okay with that because I'm because every time you give me a breadcrumb of anything, I think it satisfies my complete bewilderment mm-hmm. at where we are and uh borden um guy on trial waves to a little girl and a man in the back of the courtroom and we probably should talk about the old guy on the stand mm-hmm. this is john yeah. cutter played by you're only supposed to blow the, ble- the bloody doors off you're michael supposed to blow the bloody doors off <laughs> um <laughs> my name is morris micklewhite i love michael kane not a lot of people know that Yes, that's his real name. Well, if you were a long-time listener of the BFE, you would know that because Liam brought that same point up when we I did, did. about the Christmas Carol. We did. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Is that is it? Just the two we've done so far? Well, oh, that's him. not true. We've done Dark Knight. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's at least three. And he's Alfred, wasn't he? 
Yes, he was. Yeah. With Chris Nolan. But yeah, yeah. And Christian Bale. Yeah. <laughs> Alfred's in this movie, I've just yeah. realized. Yeah, Alfred and Alfred. So, yeah. Um, Kane had previously collaborated with Nolan and Bale in Batman Begins. Nolan said that even though it felt like the character of Cutter was written for Kane, it wasn't. Nolan noted the character was written before he'd ever met Michael Kane. Kane describes Cutter as a teacher, a father, and a guide to Angier. Kane, in trying to create Cutter's nuanced portrait, altered his voice and posture, it says. He sounded pretty Michael Kane to he me. He was Michael Yeah, it's the, same, the like, same Kane. He sounded like, you know, just like bog standard. I could shut my eyes and I go, <laughs> Michael that's Kane. Michael Kane. Yeah. Uh, I don't, know about, that about, I don't know about the posture, but definitely the voice. Yeah. No one later said that Michael Kane's character really became something of the heart of the film. And I'd agree with that. He oh, is the barometer of if someone's good or bad. Yeah, 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 totally agree. He has a wonderful warmth and emotion to him that draws you into the story and allows you to have a point of view on these characters about judging them too harshly. And then, and there's a lot of time jumps in this one, folks, so forgive my clarification. Normally in movies, when they do time jumps yep. or flashbacks, they do a grainier feel about them, or they make them blue, or they make them grey, or they do I'll tell something. you what, Christian Bale said it best. Are you watching closely? Yeah, yeah you, better you, you better be. You better be. You've got to concentrate. First time I watched this, like about 40 minutes in, he's on the train or something. I'm going, am I following? What's going on? And then, like, okay, yes, I am. But at the first part, you're like, I... It takes I, a little while, doesn't it? It takes a while. Yeah, it takes a while to figure out what's all going on. Yeah. Um, we meet Owens. Owens is played by Roger Reese. Who's Roger Reese? Roger Reese, the guy who was the uh, guide of Lord Cordlow, or is the solicitor. Oh, yes, 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 yes. He played, oh, Robin, yeah. he played Robin Colcord on Cheers. I thought he looked familiar. Yeah, he was He was the billi- uh, the millionaire billionaire who, who Re- Rebecca was trying to uh, end yes, up with. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, he's, he's been a, he was also the sheriff of Rottingham in, um, in Robin Hood Men in Tights. No, I can't remember that. Oh, no? Oh, he's great in it. I do know that the guy who was out of The Princess Bride was in that. Yes, Carrie Owens. Yeah, but yeah. I just couldn't, I can't remember the film that Oh, uh, he's great. He, actually, to be fair, Roger Reese is great in that. Okay, cool. Um, and so uh, he's visiting Borden and he's regarding Lord Cordlow and he wants to, this is in prison, he's been visiting him. Uh, Cordlow wants to buy all the tricks for $5,000, uh, which at when's that point would be, set? or 5,000 pounds, I guess. When's this set? It's kind of nebulous, I think. Because that feels hey, I, 1880s. I swear one of them says 1899 at some point. It's, oh, okay. it, yeah, it's pre-World War One. that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you got to think, you got you got Tesla, you've got electricity being somewhat in a state of flux. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, state of flux. <laughs> sometimes they come to you, don't they? fluxing. There we are. <laughs> um, and so Borden finds out, he says, well, my daughter's going to end up with Fallon. He goes, daughter can't end up with Fallon. Who's Fallon? Fallon's nobody. Which is important, I think, for certain other elements of the film that this has to happen in order to get here. So Fallon can't keep it without without re- revealing something. So what's going to happen instead is um, he's going go to go to, to to a workhouse, which is very much a thing that occurred. That's what Charles Dickens was writing about yeah. in The Christmas Carol. Oh, Are there no nice. workhouses? Yeah. Are there no prisons? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the workhouse would be, and he grew. He sort of suggests that Borden has some experience as as less than working class, you know, ended up in the workhouse. Yeah. So, you know, with Lord Lord Cordlow, she'd want for nothing. And that sounds like a better thing than having her go through a workhouse. So he kind of agrees mm-hmm. and says, yeah, all right. And it's a show of good faith. Um, Owens hands over Robert Angier's diary. Now, I don't know how... Have I guess they, he's a collector of Miss, of, of Angier's stuff. So that seems to be it. They never make this clear mm. how he got a hold of that, though. 
I, I, well, he says he's, he's a collector. So maybe amongst the collection collectibles, uh, now how he got it so quickly. Don't know. Yeah. Maybe, don't know. Yeah. But we get, and then we jump and we're in Colorado now <laughs> and we're in Colorado, Colorado Springs and, and we're being about, the, but before we go to Colorado, we have, should talk about, uh, Alfred, the professor Borden played by Christian Bale. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, Bale expressed interest in playing the part and was cast after, uh, well, after the gentleman we'll meet in a minute. Um, Nolan had previously cast Bale as Batman and Batman Begins, but didn't consider Bale for the part of Borden until Bale contacted him. Nolan said that Bale was exactly right for the part of Borden. It was unthinkable for anyone else to play the part. Nolan suggested that the actors should not read the novel, but Bale ignored his advice and read it anyway. Mm. And if you think about it, Alfred Borden, Robert Angier. Put their initials together, you get Abra. Cadabra. There we are. Wow. So, uh, and then we should talk about his counterpoint. It only feels right to hold them side by side. Robert Angier and the great Danton, played by Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman, yeah. This is yeah. my real first introduction to, to, to him as an actor. Like, I'm not talking yeah, Wolverine, yeah, 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 slicey, yeah. slicey. I'm talking like, like, do some acting. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not beefcaked either. He's like they made sure they Hollywood. they made sure that oh come on they made sure they got a scene of him with his shirt off oh yeah yeah but he's not like Wolverine beefcake is he he's not beefcake but he looks pretty damn good he's, <laughs> very he's broad Holly, shoulders he's Hollywood he fit. does look young in this though, he does look young in this yeah what came first this or swordfish oh swordfish was before this because that's the first thing I saw him swordfish in. is like very early two thousands I guess yeah I thought he was good in that. That's from Halle Berry, first, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And John Travolta. First yeah. serious thing I saw him in, I think, was uh, I think it's Prisoners. Prisoners? Is that Denise Villeneuve? It might be. Yeah, that's um, him and um, Gyllenhaal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. And, yeah. and, and, uh, oh, what's his name? Robert Dana. Oh, yeah. Paul Dana. Paul Dana. Yeah. So, Prisoners, oh, Prisoners is fantastic. You want to see some acting. No, no, no. I was torn between this one or Prisoners. Very human, very human moments. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, Ethan, you've seen it? Okay, yeah. So, yeah. Um, he, so, Borden's reading the diary, and we hear the voice of Robert Angier. Uh, he's in Colorado and has a notebook of Borden's. So, they've each got something that belongs to the other one, although yeah. we're very different in time. Yeah. Um, the town is electrified, which uh, he he notes, which is important for us to go. Oh, this is this wouldn't be the case. It's subtle things like this yeah. help place me as to what time we're in. This one made me think it was like eighteen eighteen yeah. eighties, sure eighteen nineties. Well, nineties, but I thought eighteen eighties because oh, it's nineteen eighties. I was like, no, what, no, what was like Live Aid on? <laughs> it's Christmas time. <laughs> There's no need to be afraid. As we light up the field. Oh, that's why Bowie's there, because it's the 80s. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> um, it was a god-awful small affair. <laughs> <laughs> Let's dance. Um, but the, uh, So he's headed up the mountain, and he has a noticeable limp. And we're like, oh, he's got a limp. Mm-hmm. He's got the cane, he's walking up there. Uh, and he's shocked by the fence. And I don't mean like the fence is ugly. I mean like it's an electric fence, which at that point, you'd have no reason to ever think that was a, that was a thing. No, you wouldn't. Exactly. No. Early days, isn't it? So after reading the script, Jackman expressed interest in playing the part. Nolan discovered Jackman's interest and after meeting him, saw that Jackman possessed the qualities of stage showmanship that Nolan was looking for in the role of Angier. He is great when he's on the stage. And you can see how that set the precedent for when he does The Greatest Showman. Yeah, you, you can tell he's a guy who's got like extensive stage performance yeah, in general. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, and I think it does lead lead to that perspective. And he started off on the stage, didn't he? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he knows. Like you can yeah, you can see he's a guy who knows. Like when he goes on a stage, 
He owns it. He's, he's tapping into what he's already done for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so Nolan explained that Angier has a wonderful understanding of the interaction between a performer and a live audience, a quality he believed Jackman had. Nolan said Jackman has the great depth of an actor, but hasn't really been explored. And to that point, I think you're right, because I think mm. Prisoners came after, if I had to put money on it. Yeah, that's 2009, I Is think. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, pe- he's really good in that. People haven't had the oh, chance yeah. to really see what he can do as an actor. This is a character that would let him do that. Jackman placed his portrayal of Angier on 1950s-era magician Channing Pollock, whoever that was. Mm. And I hope you're not tired of the introductions because we also meet Mr. <laughs> Ali, played by Andy Circus. Clearly, Ethan, this you, was this, you recognize this, this was guy. This second. This was the, yeah, I won. I love Andy Circus. This is when I was He's like, good. oh, we get two Alfreds in this movie because we get Michael Caine and Andy Circus. Yeah. 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 Uh, we do. Well, also, we get like, you know, uh, Borden's character's name is Alfred. Oh, I just meant like the actual <laughs> actors who play Alfred. Oh, you mean like Batman Alfreds? Yeah, so there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two Alfreds, one Batman. <laughs> yeah. I'm Batman. And 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 a Wolverine. So there we go. <laughs> and a Wolverine. Um, and a Black Widow. And yes. a Black Widow. There we go. It's yeah. all sorts of... And a Starman. I'm going to just continue. With yeah, that. there we are. Um, <laughs> so Tesla's assistant um, was Mr. Ali, and Circus says that he played his character with the belief that he was once a corporation man who got excited by this maverick Tesla, and so jumped ship and went with the maverick. Circus describes his character as a gatekeeper, a con man, a mirror image of Michael Caine's character. Circus, a big fan of yeah. Bowie, said he was enjoyable to work with, describing him as very unassuming, very down-to-earth, uh, very at ease with himself, and funny. Down-to-earth. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> he says he saw Danton doing a trick where he guessed people's items in the pocket, and he said, it blew me away. That's the same trick that gets him when one of the Hobbit movies. Oh. Oh, yeah. Bilbo guesses what he's got in his pocket or something like that. That's What's cool. in my pocket? Yeah, there we go. Well done. And he goes, as he's walking away, he goes, what's in my hand? He just goes, your watch. So, you know. and <laughs> A ring to end all rings. <laughs> You're precious. <laughs> we have a flashback, and we flash back to an old magician, Ricky Ray. Now, Ricky Ray is a real stage magician. Oh, okay. And he did oh. teach them some sleight of hand and taught them just enough magic that they'd seem to be capable. But still kept them, like, at, a, at like arm's length on yeah, some yeah, things. yeah. yeah. Because they take the magic yeah. circle really serious. Really, really seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the, what, what Borden says later is 100% true. Oh, we'll absolutely. talk about it there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Borden and Angier are both on stage to help, and Angier kisses the girl's leg. And you're like, whoa, he's awfully forward. Nope, it's his wife. Yep. Uh, meet Julia McCullough, <laughs> played by Piper Perabo, who was everywhere in the early 2000s. Oh, yeah. And where's she been? Disappeared. <laughs> You, she's got to come back, though. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, you, I bet you, you she's, she's asking for that, yeah. <laughs> she's and in a bar is, somewhere, isn't she? <laughs> yeah. And this is brilliant Steve's because she, she is lifted up um, by, by the wrist by this rope and then dropped into a tank of water, which is, which is awesome for two reasons. Number one, we've already seen a tank of water go wrong. Yeah. And we yeah. go, that looks like the tank I had earlier, so I'm invested. And number two, it lets me see a trick and how it works successfully because that's going to be important later. Like we said with Crimson Tide, it's important you. Sorry, Julian. It's important that you do the uh, do the uh, the drill, so that when I see the real deal, I know something's not right. Do you know what's really interesting about this trick, though? Right? They make it out to be some sort of um, easier trick than the trick they're going to do, right? But this was Harry Houdini's biggest trick that he could. You know, it was life and death. You know, it really was. He has a time to get out of here. Can you slip that knot? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's basically what it is. You're 
but going against the time of what you can hold your breath for. Yeah. That's no trick. It's just like, who can get out the quickest? Do you know how Harry Houdini he died? Punched in the stomach. Punched of a stomach. Yeah. And it just, yeah. He just, <laughs> and he sucker punched him. And, and, and he thought it was okay. Yeah. I, th- I thought he challenged someone to punch him in the stomach as hard nah, as I could. No, no, no. I think he used, to, he used to. This is a shame because I went to the Harry Houdini Museum when I was in uh, Budapest. I should remember this. Uh, no, yeah. I, think, I think what happened is with Harry Houdini, he used to say to people, I could take a punch from anybody. And he'd prepare himself for it. Oh, yeah, he has to prepare himself. And yeah. I think he was sucker punched by somebody without preparing himself. Uh, um, what are people's viewpoints on magic in general? You, you, you a big fan? I am. I tell people I'm a skeptical believer, right? I'm one of these people who loves magic, okay. loves it. But I have a scientific brain. So my brain goes, you're conning me here. Huh? But I allow myself to be conned because I want to enjoy it. I hope. I mean, I think we all realize that it's not really magic. Well, no, I know. No. But my, I don't sit there as an audience member going, wow, that was great. I sit there going, how do they do that? Yeah, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit fixated with that. How do they do that? Yeah. And my brain's going, I'm not enjoying it for the, the, the entertainment. Yeah. I'm enjoying it because I'm going, how do they do that? Yeah, I've seen I've seen a few things where I've gone. Oh, I, I can figure. The one where he makes the, stat, the David Copperfield made the Statue of Liberty disappear, I've got it half figured out. Well, I've been on stage with David Copperfield, mm. and I heard things. I didn't see things, but I heard things move. Oh, really? Because he made a car disappear. The Statue of Liberty, the shadows aren't consistent no, when he puts the thing over. And I was like, okay, uh, I've got figured out, but everything kind of moves. Yeah. Because you, you're also limited by never thing, because he does it on TV. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And you can be those calm. big ones hit on TV, like the ca- I, we know as people who's not even filming the camera can do all sorts of things to us, all sorts of stuff. So there's a couple, and that one and the one where he goes to the Great Wall of China, Great Wall of China. Yeah, yeah. I've got both of those half figured out, and that one where he um, saw himself in half. Where you I haven't see seen it. that one. You're not seeing that. That was no. huge. That oh, was back it? in the day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I've been on stage with him, and I heard things click. <laughs> okay, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Ethan. Um, I, I'm in like a mix of it. I mean, I, really I don't like hang on. I don't. Stuff. I don't mean like like the Harry Potter stuff, Ethan. <laughs> oh no, I know. I'm in a mix. I'm talking like okay. Because this thing, I when I was growing up, we had like we didn't have David Copperfield. Uh, we had um, Dynamo. Okay. And Dynamo was just like the the culture became. What's a weird thing we can do to make people in West London and East London scream for a bit and make that content? And that was like, I'm gonna make this glass burn by touching it but it's all cameras so it was always that kind of i don't know if it's real or not and levitate and walk yeah on water yeah See, and there's all that kind of stuff there's the honor which i think is fantastic and i love the the practicality side of what can you do to make someone believe something because i love that with stage shows like it was time that this movie came out you know what was big was like remember david blaine yeah doing like street yeah. magic now he moved on and does like all this stuff like i'm gonna live in a in a cube above london Over for three here, months the british did not now like it's a lot of like psychological <laughs> stuff yeah like what can but, i do with audio yeah, to make ha, you freak out how can i punish myself so much yeah. in public it's, it's more like an art exhibit than it is magic anymore yeah it's just weird but yeah. but like the street magic he used to do that stuff brilliant. was amazing yeah, 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 but yeah. it was all really small level stuff which is part of the, the close-up magic is part of the joy of it is like it gets rid of all this, the trickery we're talking about but the there is something about seeing magic on this giant stage. I'll tell you what I did see. I was yeah. in Jersey many years ago, and I saw this, this is this is the British version of Jersey. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Little Island, and there was this. I was in this bar, Chambers, I think, and um, there was a guy standing there doing magic with cards. Mm-hmm. You know, and I saw him. And I thought, cool, this is cool. So I was quite fixated on him, right? And um, so I went over to the bar and sort of listened over and thought, you know, I'll, I'll see how he does it and stuff. 
And he looked at me and I went, oh man, do us a trick, will you? He went, it's my day off. He said, I've been doing a few here already. And he was a bit, he was a bit miffed. Yeah. I, I asked him, to be fair. I was like, dude, seriously, just, I'm one of these people who, I, I want to see it. I don't, I don't believe it, but I want to see it in front of me. Mm-hmm. Never seen it before. He went, all right, if I do one trick, will you leave me alone? <laughs> I went, I'll do one better. I'll buy you a drink. And uh, with that, he did this trick where he said, write your name on this card. Mm-hmm. So I wrote my name on the card, put it back in the deck. He threw these cards up at the ceiling. Now, I looked up at this ceiling, and there was two cards up there already, and my card was up there. How did he do that? With my name on it. I don't know, buddy. And cards cascaded everywhere. But my name was up. I went back two days later. That fucking card was still there. <laughs> How? <laughs> and know. he would not tell me. He said, you promised me you'd leave me alone yeah. and get me a drink. So I did. But that blew my mind. I have one real card trick I can do. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of pick a card and I'll tell you what, what, what your card is. And uh, it's a very... It's it's if if you were to find out how I, I don't tell I've never told anybody because it, it, it's true once you tell someone they go oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and then you lose control of it because then they, they can do it and you're like well hang on no 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 this is about this is about <laughs> and the person who showed me or tricked or, or I t- I got them to tell me how to do it or whatever it was that I got it from originally it was quite bare bones so I thought okay I'm gonna dress this up a bit so I do all sorts of stuff to try and just <laughs> yeah, of distract and make, make it up and just do all sorts of things because I already know where, where the card is like so many steps earlier ah, but it's about ah. getting throwing you off and going so i ask a bunch of questions that have nothing to do with nothing at all with, with anything because i already know where, where we're going yeah, yeah, yeah. and like whoa i'll do it again so i do it like probably twice is my limit because yeah, yeah. if you watch something often enough you'll, you'll probably especially that like i'm literally across the table from someone they'll probably figure it out yeah, yeah. but it's just about sort of doing that and what but it, it, it is it is I think like most probably teenage boys or not teenage boys, like preteen boys. I was like, magic would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be great to I know all these things. Kit is, a, is a preteen boy. I'm not yeah, sure I if I had a kit. I had a kit. I probably wanted a kit. If I, I didn't had, have one, I wanted one. I had a Paul Daniels magic kit. Did you? Yeah. Oh, I had a, was it Marvin's magic was the big thing. And you get like oh. all that kind of stuff. Like you, you start a rabbit how? out of a hat and blah, blah, blah. And the, se- the second I realized how to do everything, I was like, uh, how many parents have so had to sit through? <laughs> yeah, how many parents have to sit through like just crap, <laughs> proper crap, <laughs> magic? So many. We had to do it at school once, and oh. I was like, "This doesn't feel as fun because I don't know what's going on. Funny. I want to be on the other side." The of Great me. Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back here. Yeah, uh, I think we should. <laughs> so, of course, the trick goes off with, with Nevada hitch. The girl gets out just fine. And after the trick, uh, we were, these two young guys are backstage. They're obviously in on it. And they start having an argument. And Borden feels that Milton, that's the magician they're with, has gotten lazy and claims every great magician needs to invent something they're known by. And they go, oh, oh, so you have your trick? He goes, yeah, I do. But I you do. also got to mention the, the knot. Well, I'm, I'm getting there. Oh, okay. I'm getting Sorry. there. Sorry. See, I have to go through the films chronologically. At least how they're presented to us. Not, not I, thought, I thought we saw that when no, she first did it. No, yeah. So uh, Cutter tells them to go check out the goldfish bowl trick. That was, yeah. He says, go check this out. If you can tell me how it does, how he did it, I'll give you 10 minutes on stage with a friend of mine. Borden is then chewed out by Cutter for doing the not wrong. 
He says, if you do that, no, it slipped again. You're one step away from her falling. Like, imagine being way up there. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And just, like, her wrist giving, and just she slips through the knot and lands on the ground. She'll break her leg. And he starts talking about it's the wrong knot. We need to be doing the Langford double. And the Langford double, uh, he says, isn't a wet knot. She can't necessarily get out of it underwater. What happens if the rope swells? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You won't get out. Makes sense. Uh Angier then is chewed out for kissing his wife's leg. And now we know the stakes. These two were married. He's over here. Da 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 da. da. Um, remember the bit about sight lines later on? Because I, I kind of thought. Yeah, about that. he said. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we, we, we kind of they, they go to the magic show and they meet Chung Lee Su. Um, he's an old guy who makes fishbowls appear out of nowhere. And he sort of waddles up to the um, podium. And he sort of has this like long coat thing, and he sort of ruffles it up. And then when he releases it, there's a goldfish bowl with water and a goldfish, like a big one. But he makes out he's yeah. not able, doesn't he? That's well, what as, as he walks out, is. he's hobbling to his car. Yeah. And uh, Borden's got to figure out, he goes, this is the trick. Mm. And Andrew's like, what are you talking about? Said, this is the trick. This is why no one can spot his method. Because he pretends that he can barely walk. Because he for this trick to work, he needs to deliver it this way yeah if he just came out walking like you'd know exactly (laughs) what happened exactly so he spends the other 23 and a half hours of his life justifying that 30 minutes each night that's crazy and you can never let your guard up this is it and he says this is total sacrifice and devotion and then we cut to Hugh Jackman with his wife, um, Angier, going, look, like, he's like, uh, this is where I took the shirt off, going, he must be strong as an ox. He said, I've got, I don't even have any water or fish in this, and I can barely do it. Um, and we get the idea that Angier is of means. He says, that's why I don't embarrass them with, with my name as they do the magic. So he has to have a pseudonym. Um, and his wife says, what about the great Danton? Great kind of snobbish, and she went, "No, it's was it civilized? Was it or something like that? Wasn't it? Yeah, um, French. I thought. No, he says French. She gives, yeah. gives the correction. Oh, oh distinguished, oh. distinguished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, Dan, sorry, Dan Schumann of Creative Screenwriting says the film asks how far women go to devote themselves to an art. The character of Chung Lin Su, according to Schumann, is a metaphor for this theme. Uh, film critic Alex Manigan refers to this film as the meaning of commitment. Uh, Chung Lee Su was a stage character presented by William Ellsworth Robinson, a white man who disguised himself as a Chinese man. Now, keep in mind, it's like the 1900s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's a little bit more of this occurring at the time. <laughs> yeah. I had a moment where I was like, oh, no, because I thought you meant, like, for the film. No, 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 no. That's no, what no. you said. Uh, who disguised himself as a Chinese man to cash in on audiences' enthusiasm for the exotic. Robinson lived as Chung, never breaking character while in public. He died in March 1918 when a bullet catch trick went wrong. My God, I've been shot, were both his last words and the first English he had spoken on stage in 19 years. Wow. (laughs) And so the voiceover, which is the diary which Borden is reading of Angiers while in prison, (laughs) says... What did Borden know of self-sacrifice? And he goes, you bloody fool. Yeah. Uh, and we need to meet Sarah Borden, uh, played by Rebecca Hall. And I don't know, I guess and, uh, Borden's like, you know, got a side gig with his little magician show during the day. 
And yeah. um, a magician's doing a trick, and it's got a bird, and the bird disappears in this box, and the little boy who Sarah's with starts crying. He killed it. He killed it. And uh, he goes, no, no, look, 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 he's fine. And there's, there's the new bird. And the bird's fine as can be. Mm. Really quick thing. Uh, the girl who played uh, Sarah Borden, Rebecca Hall, had to relocate from North London to Los Angeles in order to shoot the film, even though the film's supposed to take place in London. Weird. Yeah. Move from <laughs> real London to, to L.A. so you can shoot in fake London there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've seen Rebecca Hall in much other than this. I think she's in Iron Man 3. This is and all, that's all I've seen. Oh, really? She's in Iron Man 3. This is all I remember yeah, her from. She's the mm. she's the woman that, like, dates the bad guy or, like, dated Tony for a bit, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, early on in the movie, Sarah's nephew asks, where's his brother? <laughs> just saying but he drops his guard he does uh, he goes oh wow Yo! he goes Clever. yeah there it is yep uh yeah and he goes oh he's a bright one your lad yeah, yeah. and he goes and, and then as borden goes back and puts the bird out of the cage into the it is one who's alive and he puts him away and he puts the other one in the bin and says you're the lucky one today Tell me, that's not foreshadowing for the third act. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. Um, so, we, are you watching closely? He gives, uh, he, he says this to a little boy, who we never see after this part of the movie. He's just no. a plot device. Mm. Uh, he's but, the nephew as well, isn't he? Yeah, but he's just, yeah. Uh, after, yeah after, never seen again. Never seen again. the nephews so they can get rid of him. Yeah. <laughs> he says, never tell anyone your secret, because he shows him a two-headed coin. The secret impresses no one. The trick he use it for, that's the thing. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, and so he, he wants to come in for a cup of tea with Sarah and Sarah says, no, I'd scandalize the landlord. And that was a thing. If you were a single woman, you couldn't bring a man in. I would imagine that that whole building is full of just women. How times have changed. Yeah, very, very much so. Yeah. Tell you what, uh, I teach rear window and rear window came out in the late 1950s. And the idea about you don't have female guests stay overnight. It'll scandalize the landlord is still in play then yeah. some 60 years later. Wow. Yeah. So, um, and so he goes, no, no, okay, fine. Not even for a cup of tea. No, no, I'm sorry. He goes, okay. And then he delays her a little bit with some, some questions. Oh, lock it, get hold of me. And she just goes in and instantly he's on the other side of the door. <laughs> Milk and sugar. And she laughs. And we all kind of go, hey. And then we move on to the next scene because you don't get enough chance. Let's give him something else to think about. So you don't think too much about that. I just thought it was a bit creepy. <laughs> Whoa. There he is. Yeah, so, I know, right? Yeah. Uh, and so we go to the judge and Cutter, and they're looking at uh, the machine. And we find out, that according to Cutter, the machine was made by a real wizard. Uh, this builds the stakes for later in the film. He said, I didn't make this. He's a wizard. Harry. This machine is real magic. And he goes, come on, I'm sure it's just disappointing. He goes, mm. And then while they're there, we also see the case that we saw at the start of the film. We do. And he goes, yeah. the lock on the tank had been swapped from a trick lock to a real lock. And we see how easy these things could go wrong. Yeah. The water tank, he says, was a particular interest to these two men. And now we go back to them doing the trick again. It's structured so well. Um, The water tank trick with the girl again. And every time time they did a magic trick, they're brilliant for this. They shot everything the same way almost each time. Yep. So it had that sense of routine to it. But you have a feeling as a viewer. Oh, like, why are we coming back to this? Yeah. And so they bring them in again. It's the same shots as they're tying her hands 
and her feet, and uh, Angier doesn't kiss his wife's legs this time, nope. so it's not a flashback to the same one. No, nope. and then we see there's this moment where he's doing the uh, where Borden's doing the knot on her wrists, and he and um whatever the, the wife's name was, they have they have a look, and then he changes, and she gives him the nod. Oh, she gives him the nod. She's she's totally in on this. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Which I think the movie needs her to be in on this. Yeah, for yeah. us to make a decision later about who we're siding with. Uh, well, that's another big debate, I'll tell you. Yep. Mm. Um, and so um, we've seen the shot. So we know the deal, and there's a diegetic sound of a clock. Tick, 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 tick. And then for some reason, we cut to Michael Caine. Michael Caine's perspective, Cutters, watching yeah. Cutter, watching the trick from the side. I wish we were like, oh, this ain't good. And the why, funny, why am I watching it from his perspective? And the funny thing is, when they walk with the guy who's doing the, the curtain veil thing, he walks around exactly the same as he did in the first yep. one for it to come back up. Yep. Cutter comes on before that curtain even comes up. There's got to be some sort of a signal that he gets there when she's good. There must be something. Because he's, he's, he's the one who cues the curtain to go up. Yeah. Well, he should be able to see her, like, come out as well. Well, doesn't it surround the whole thing? Well, it's surround the whole thing, yeah. Well, yeah, but she still needs to escape. Yeah, yeah but, so maybe from his perspective, so you, you he can see, see her movement main, like, or something. Yeah, yeah there must be something. Yeah. There's got to be some cue for him. That yeah, curtain comes up. He knows it's not enough. Yeah, and so um, we we just everybody starts to panic, and Cutter takes the axe and cuts the the smashes the glass. Takes a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and all we get, glass. yep, all we get is the sound of water rushing out, and Hugh Jackman's like, "Please," and then the score only picks up when he stops, like trying to figure out what's happened in front of his face. I kept thinking to myself, why are they not, you know, giving mouth to mouth? Why are they not sort of pushing down on a chest? Wouldn't have been a thing. Wouldn't have been a thing. No. no. That's what mm. I thought. Uh, Jackman tries to kill himself by drowning, like, almost in the next shot. <sighs> yeah. Heavy stuff. Heavy stuff. Uh, and then we go to the funeral, and the funeral's in this, like, white cemetery or I think, mortuary uh, or whatever. I think there's a thing in L.A. where you can go to, I think Marilyn Monroe is buried there, to be fair. Um, they're, like, like drawers. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. That's, that's where you're like interned. A, is it yeah. a mausoleum or something? Mausoleum, probably yeah, good yeah, word for it. Yeah. 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 It's like that. So, um, and so Cutter says to Angier, uh, I knew a sailor once who went over the side and it was five minutes before he took his first breath. And uh, we asked him what it was like. He said it was like uh, going home, which is a comforting, comforting moment. Hmm. Well, apparently, you go into a state of euphoria. So you panic and panic and panic, take in the water, yeah. you have less oxygen to your brain. And your brain just sort of And your brain off. switches off, so you go into, like, standby mode. Yeah. And by then you're in, like, yep. you're, in, you're in your own head then. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, Borden goes to the funeral and apologizes to Angier. And he goes, which knot did you tie? And Borden says, I keep asking myself, and I'm sorry. I just don't know. And then... We, we goes, you don't know? And he just walks out. He goes, you don't know? But he did, because he nodded to her. You, you got to think about the end game of the movie, buddy. No, I know, but yeah. does that mean he lied? Does it mean... No. Okay. Let's talk, I, about, let's talk, let's talk about it at the end. Yeah. Okay. Talk about okay, the end. Okay. Yeah. Um, then we meet Mr. Fallon, who's Borden's engineer. Sarah comes home one day, and Mr. Fallon's there. And uh, we find out that Sarah's pregnant, and Borden says, ah, oh, we should have told Fallon. And you're going... Whoa. Why the heck would Fallon care? Yeah. Like, we, 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 we just met him. Uh, Borden is getting ready, on the other hand, for a bullet catch. He goes, oh, it's just a trick. He goes, no, 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 it's just a bullet catch. 
and uh, they do this giant thing and they run through it and it looks amazing it looks amazing if you're yeah. sitting there from a distance you're like whoa how'd you do that and then just like he said once you know you do this and you go it's ruined for us we go oh it's pretty oh it's really disappointing actually once you know the, the, the fun's gone i could see that when i used the when he used the device to do it yep you know, yeah because you said it that loud because yeah. you could see it yeah i don't know if it's supposed to be incredibly well hidden but yeah no yeah yeah but we see him we go oh, okay great and um he says he says i love you very much <laughs> and she goes not today and he goes what do you mean she says, some days it's not true. Today, you don't mean it. Maybe you're more in love with magic today. And at the start, they just sort of drip feed this to you. And you go, okay, maybe he's more in love with magic today because he's all excited about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, A bit weird I to say. how clever this film is. Yep. <laughs> so Ethan's getting to rehear all the breadcrumbs. Yeah. Uh, and we get a magic show with the professor, and it is not going well. People were booing. They're throwing things at him. Fallon looks concerned. Uh, it's bullet catch time. Who wants to volunteer? Fallon selects a man. Um, we see the hand. We see the bullet go in it. And we're like, oh, shoot. Because they just warned me someone could do this. Yeah. And then it pans up. And we see it's a somewhat disguised Robert Angier. Is it a bullet, though? Or is it something else? I assumed. Oh, it was a bullet. Or a piece of a slug of something. I thought it was well, this... the ring of. What's the name? Was it what, what the There's wife. a small yeah, scene maybe. earlier where jackman's character is like um doing like a sleight of hand with a a bullet that looks like it's been altered oh, okay so i, I always um, assumed it was that same because it looks like a, it, i don't know if you get a ring in that small pistol no, yeah, yeah. no because I, I think yeah. it's like Ethan, it's you're almost, right i think it is that yeah yeah because it's got like loads of additional sides which could then you know yeah like cause ball. more damage yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and he just goes, which not, not to do tie Borden. And to Borden's credit, he just goes, I don't know. Mm. And Angier goes to fire, and it takes him a moment, and Fallon with the save, and then ironically, we have a literal bullet catch. Yeah. <laughs> and it takes off his his ring and his pinky finger on one of his hands. Jesus. Um, Got to to him, right? <laughs> uh, but Diary says, uh, you know, Angier's talking, he says, oh, he's of two minds. And he says, you know, it's, oh, he reads, oh, I'm of two minds. One, one moment I think it was a standard knot. Another moment I think it was a Langford double. And those are where Andrew's reading and going, how could he not know? And gets frustrated. Well, I think we're thinking the same thing. How do you yeah. not know? Mm. Back, that, that's where I was at. We flash forward a few days, and uh, the wound is still bleeding. And she said, it's as bad as the first day it happened. So, you yeah. know, he's bleeding badly and just was going to the doctor because we can't afford the doctor and he's angry with her. And this is what we would see. We would see half the time he's really in love with her and half the time he's he's very angry with her. Yeah. Almost mm. almost for existing. I thought this was almost like sort of a, a bipolar two personalities thing. A, a, a theme we I, yeah. I also heard today as well. Yes. It is, yeah. Um, and so... Um, she's. He says, "I can still do some magic. What magic can you do with it? Some some tricks, and I can still do the trick that they'll remember me for." And so he's ready to dust this off, which is good for us because you sort of let me know it was it was here, and now it's getting closer. So I'm like, "All right, I'm in with this." Um, Angier is drinking, and he finds a playing card at the bottom of a glass, and he sees John Cutter in the same pub. So I never thought I'd find an answer at the bottom of a pint glass, to which Cutter says it hasn't stopped you looking. That's funny. Uh, Cutter wants to keep working, and he says, the problem is who's going to hire me? 
And and Jerry goes, the only guy who knows it wasn't your fault. Mm. But Robert Borden, Robert Borden, no, <laughs> Alfred Borden. Robert Borden was a Canadian prime minister <laughs> on the fifty dollar bill. Uh, <laughs> Alfred Borden and his uh, something like his meticulous, his, you know, vast knowledge of knots or something like that. And he goes, oh, Cutter goes. I already ran into a bit of problem with a with a with a bullet catch. <laughs> and she goes, "It's a very dangerous trick." <laughs> he told him that. Okay. So there's a little bit of a wild west thing going on here. Yeah. yeah. Um. And so we also meet. He says, "What about the sister?" He goes, "I already got one figured out." And we meet Olivia Wenscombe, played by ScarJo herself, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Uh, Nolan said he was very keen for Johansson to play the role, and when he met with her to discuss it, she just loved the character. Probably the first pit of like really serious acting I think I saw her do. I don't know if there's yeah. huge amounts for her to do, but there's something here. I can't think of the first thing I saw her in, to be fair. First thing I saw her in was a movie with Topher Grace called In Good Company. Mm. Yeah. She plays the boss's think- daughter, and he's like the young executive who falls in love with her. Oh, okay. I think the first thing I saw her in was like Home Alone 3, where she was a kid in that. I saw that on TV during the Christmas season this year and went, what? Is that Scarlett Johansson? And it made me yeah. watch it for about 12 minutes, and then I was like, I'm good. <laughs> I've seen enough. <laughs> I've seen enough. 12 she minutes wasn't is it. more than enough than that film That's, that's a rough movie. Um, <laughs> what do we have here next? We've got that. Uh, they've got a workshop and an apparatus. And uh, Angier doesn't want to use doves and cutters and stay off the stage. You've got to be willing to get your hands dirty. And they run through a trick, and we run through it twice. There's the original pitch to Angier as they're going through it for the first time. But again, we cross-cut this with them doing it for the um, the theater owner, I suppose, or the guy yeah. who manages the theater. Yeah, It goes off about a hitch. The bird is... Um, you know, the bird disappears. There's a new bird ready to fly off, but the bird, unlike in the version we saw earlier, doesn't die. It just oh. gets it just gets tied up nicely. Yeah, it's tied on with a bit of string, isn't it? Yep. And so, what about when I get my hands dirty? He said, "I just want to know that you could." Yeah, that and, was quite dark. Uh, I, <sighs> I think so. That magic. You, you're gonna have to go to some places, considering the character he is, and we see. Being our barometer. Oh, like you look at like kind of who dark. he is. Oh, yeah. He's not squeaky, squeaky no, no, clean. No. He is, I think, a representative of like what the business was. Yeah. yeah. Um, then we go to the first performance of the great Danton, of course, which Cutter had said earlier. Seems a bit French, doesn't he? Because it's distinguished. <laughs> which was a nice moment. <laughs> I really like good. Act One, Robert Angier. Yeah. He's a nice yeah. guy. Um, Angier, I've got in my notes, is a great showman. The greatest, perhaps. The greatest showman. <laughs> um, preparing for... It wasn't a, the greatest show, though, was it? Yeah, not this one, no. <laughs> prepping for a big finale. Two volunteers needed, and thanks to shallow depth of field in this film, the cinematography is understated, but really good. Mm. Because yeah. the number of times would be impactful. like... Yeah, so I see the woman walking around, and just like a magic trick, it's misdirection on me. Of course it is, Because yeah. you're making me go, there's nothing a big deal, nothing here, and then you see the two severed fingers yeah or mutilated fingers land on the side of the box and then he looks up as an angier and then we see borden smiling back at him and he triggers it and he walks away and what it's done is it's killed the bird right in front of everybody and it's like bro like the woman's fingers are like bleeding and caught in this device yeah it is savage 
Um, and so they lose their booking. But I'll tell you what, Cutter's like, oh, well, though, I'm going to send you for some inspiration. Why, why don't you go down to the Royal Albert Hall? And I'm like, you've gotten over this way too quickly, dude. Yeah. Way too quickly. And the reputation on the line. And then we think we're going to go to the Royal Albert Hall. But first, we go back to Colorado Springs, where Angier's having a drink, and uh, Gollum comes and joins him. <laughs> and we get some more exposition about the diary and how it's written with a cipher and it changes every day. Da 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 da. da. Um, and Angier asked for a machine that was built for someone else. He says, I got a lot of money, which was established earlier. And this feels like he was sent down because, you know, all of Tesla's other money is kind of dried up. Who was this other person that yeah. Tesla had made a, th- a machine for? It's supposed to be uh, Borden. Yeah, but you never see it. No, you don't. That's the whole point, though, isn't it? Yeah. So why is Borden on board to try and find out what's going on if he sees a Tesla-made thing? He must go, oh, that's how you do it. I think Borden thinks he's sending him on a wild goose chase. Oh, okay. And by putting him, giving him the information he has, this was always the plan at some point to get this diary to him with this wild goose chase on it. Hmm. So, um, it made my head scratch a bit. <laughs> they go out to the middle of the countryside, and uh, the current runs through the ground. That's clever. I think that can yeah. happen. I think maybe yeah. there's water, but it was weird to see it. No, I think you can actually do this. Can you? I think so. I suppose I want to think I've seen something on this where this is possible. I suppose the bulbs are earthed. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to flows through different things. I love how you could have said grounded, but you went with earth. <laughs> well, Think earth about it like, what is it? Uh, potato clocks. They have some yeah. form of like well, the, the, that, energy. But that that's they can saying harness. the potato's got some native, because you can run an alarm clock off a potato. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, always yeah. been known. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. the idea of a current can run through the ground in a safe man, I think there's something in that. Probably. It's quite interesting. I'll look it up for next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The hum of the earth. What was I? Oh, you know what I didn't look up from last week? If the other two minor, uh, the other two miners were Australian, oh yeah, <laughs> I, I have to look that up. Yeah, hopefully now that I'm listening to this, hey future me, when you're editing this, <laughs> check it out, would you? <laughs> no, there we go. <laughs> oh, you'll forget. Yeah, I'll, if, if if I hit the little stinger, that's all. <laughs> that'll remind me. I always hear that when I'm editing. Go, oh, what's that? <laughs> what should I be checking on? <laughs> that, that's my cue. That you need to take something out or something like that. So nice, there we go. Nice. Um, and so, um, Angier sees Borden and, oh, wait, am I the right? Oh, no, I'm not the right it's place. It's better the earth and the bolts. Oh, yeah. So he says, not too often I see, see real magic. And that's kind of the idea here is that, you know, this is more than what he, he's a magician. Magicians deal in illusions. I think this is real. People back then believed electric was magic. I hear you because we had this conversation when it was on. And I do hear you on this. Yeah. But this is magic even to, as the audience, yes. we can stand with Angier and go, wow. what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in the ground. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? As opposed to, hey, look, there's, I get that. But he's been in like theaters with like the lights on when people come out and things like that. Like electricity itself doesn't seem to make him go 20 years earlier, maybe. But yeah. right now it's just about do you, it's like, hey, do you have like, do you guys have 5G yet where you're at? No, we don't have 5G where we're at yet. But he's soon. quite interested in the fact that the whole town is lit. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's the deal like, is that they get. It's like the difference between having a phone in like 2007 and someone be like, I've got a phone, but I can touch mine. I, I don't need keypads. I remember when high speed internet came to my part of Canada. Yeah. Because I was in the middle of nowhere, right? 
And so, <laughs> yeah, it was dial-up for sure. And then <laughs> I must have gone. There was Get this off the phone! Bell, Bell Canada, who does our uh, internet and phone. Yeah. Um, you can sign up for, like, give me an update when it's available in my area. I came home from work, and apparently they'd phoned seven times really? because I must have signed up seven times <laughs> to know what it was going to Oh, and then, and then you had it, and it was like, how do I live without this before? And the speed that high speed internet would be now to me would be like, this is really slow. But at the time, it was like world changing. It was. It was. Yeah. I can remember that. Yeah. It was like HD TV channels because there was a point HD? where it was like, yeah. B- yeah. BBC would just have BBC. BBC HD, and it would be a mix of one of the seven channels they had, and it's a toss-up what you got. Yep. And I was like, wow, that's that's incredible. I never want to go back. And then you go back and get real disappointed. I remember the first time I saw High Def, and I was like, this is a, why would you want to watch anything else? Yeah. 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 And now 4K. Now 4K, yeah. 8K cameras are being used. It's insane. Progress. Funny. And speaking of progress, let's go to the Royal Albert Hall. And we yeah. see some sparks on a machine, and it's very similar to what we saw at the start of the movie. So I love this because it gives us all this stuff without any context. And then as the movie goes on, we get little pieces of it mm. as we go back to that because it's circular. So we start at one point, and then we, we're, we're, we're all over the bleeping place. But at some point, we are going to get back to what we sat at the start. I love how they include like Tesla as being a real yeah. person. I love this. Oh, he's a real person. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I, I love how they include it in the story. Oh, okay, yeah. This is so. this is my first introduction to the idea of Nikola Tesla. Really? I had never heard of him before this movie. Oh, I had. Yeah. Yeah. He popped off like during like sort of the t- late 2010s, I think. Yeah. Early 2010s. Yeah, I think so. Can you remember those things that were big craze when we were kids with the balls, with the things you could touch when the lights would go? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. With the lights, yeah. wherever your fingerprint was, the laser would join you at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was my first. There was already oh, was that Tesla? I think I, I think it was. Yeah, okay. based on that. Yeah, that um, was my first introduction to that. There's a guy in the crowd who shouts against the safety of the machine. He shows up in Colorado Springs as one of Edison's men. Yeah. So to show that like he's a plant in the audience. So yes, 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 basically, yes. what happens with Tesla and uh, Edison? is supposed to mirror the rivalry between yes, yes, yeah. Borden and So they bring up Angier. a few times. Yeah, yeah, the, the yeah, idea yeah. of it. But yeah, the idea of it, the, the sort of rivalry when you're at the top of your profession, top of your, not profession, but you, just your, your, your... Your game. Your game, your industry, yeah, um, yeah. Is, is not unusual to magic. It just magic's a more interesting movie probably to watch. Yeah. Um, and so uh, Angier sees Borden and follows him out. And then he's ready to, I don't know what he's going to do, but he sees Angier and Sarah. Mm. And, and the happy family. The happy family and the kid. And the kid, the infant, is played by one of Christopher Nolan's kids. Aww. Um, but she, he goes to her and goes, I love you. And she goes, see, today it's true. Yeah. And it is true. You it can is, clearly see. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, the fam- Oh, so we have the voiceover here from, from Angier in his diary going, the family life he loves one moment, he rails against the next, mm. wanting his freedom. Mm. He's a divided mind, a contradictory nature. It's telling you. And then we go back to jail, and we find out his daughter's going to be taken to the workhouse, so he goes, fine, make the deal with, with, with Angier. And this is all being told between him and Fallon. And he says, workhouse, and you just see he's in the foreground, but we, don't get, we very rarely get a shot of Fallon. Doesn't and just nodding his head. Is Angier this after the what what he wants? Oh, sorry, he's going to sell the tricks not to Angier to yeah. to to Cordlow. Okay, yeah, yeah. Now you're confusing me. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. My apologies. 
Um, reach. <laughs> well, technically, I wasn't wrong. <laughs> uh, so back to Colorado Springs again. Tesla's finally agreed to see him. We get the machine again and the entrance of a star man, man waiting in, in the sky. sky. He'd like I to come and meet you, but he thinks he'd blow, blow your top hat. <laughs> so, Ethan, yeah, how long did it take you to figure out who this was? The second I saw it, because he's got very distinct eyes and like facial features and i was like oh my god it's you, david Bowie!" oh there, my god you got there quicker than i did then oh, when, right. when, I, when i first watched it i, got I wasn't there until him and stuff. There, there's a scene just about to come up when they're sitting having like tea like overlooking like the mountains yeah that's when yeah. i finally went oh my god that's david bowie i knew that's david bowie his voice though he changes his voice for this yeah. I, I could shut my eyes and go I know it's Bowie, but I don't sound like Bowie. So, the real-life inventor who creates a teleportation device for Angier was David Bowie uh, as Nikola Tesla. Uh, For the role of Nikola Tesla, Nolan wanted someone who was not necessarily a film star, but extraordinarily charismatic. Nolan said that David Bowie was really the only guy I had in mind to play Tesla because of his function in the story is a small but very important role. Nolan contacted Bowie, and who originally turned down the part. A lifelong fan, Nolan flew up to New York to pitch the role to Bowie in person, telling him no one else could possibly play the play the part. Bowie then accepted after a few minutes. Well, flattery, isn't it? Yeah. Of course he's going to. No one else can do this. It's uh, pivotal. Jonathan Nolan visited uh, Colorado Springs to research Tesla and based the electric bulb scene on actual experiments conducted by Tesla. Cool. Uh, Nathan Crowley helped design the scene for Tesla's invention. It was shot in the parking lot of the Mount Wilson Observatory. Uh, he conducted uh, experiments, this would be Tesla for real, uh, at his lab in Colorado Springs, where he was known for his eccentric behavior. Most geniuses are. Yeah. So, uh, as we, as Angier is told by Tesla, go home. This is an obsession. Uh, he says, uh, he says and Angier goes, well, you clearly know what I'm talking about then. He goes, yes, but I am a slave to my obsession. Don't let it get you. And Andrew says, well, if you know obsession, you know I can't be talked off of it. And that's that. So it doesn't he say something else about it after that? Oh, what does he say? Doesn't he say that you know it'll end up consuming me? It'll end up. Oh yes, I'm a slave to it, and it will end up consuming me. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Uh, Angier is going after Borden, and uh, Olivia's trying to talk him out of it, and he he goes, you know, we're not even because Cutter said thinks they're even. He goes, they're not even. My wife is dead, and I'm like, yeah, totally on board with you, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not even. He lost two fingers. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I feel it in my actually not anymore Uh, (laughs) Olivia helps him with a better disguise and we cross cut to the reveal and she goes did you hurt him and it's him in this hall watching Borden's trick and he comes out and goes just an ordinary rubber ball no not normal it's magic and as they cut back and forth we get little snippets of he had a new trick was it good and then we see him bounce the ball, go into one of these two doors on stage. Clever. And then we don't see what happens afterwards. He goes, and we just cut back to him telling the engineer telling the story mm. to Olivia going, it was the greatest magic trick I've ever seen. And it's held from us. And what does that make me want? Want to see it more. It makes me want to see it more. Yeah. Of course. Brilliant. And he goes, and so he's explaining to, to uh, Michael Caine, to John Cutter. That's it. Cutter, yeah. To Cutter, he's going, He's going, he's a terrible magician. He goes, no, he's a wonderful magician, yeah. but a terrible showman. Because the fact that you can't figure out how he does it, brilliant magician. Mm. But, yeah. but he should be able to get the most out of it. He and that's do the, the downside. Does he? And I guess this is the difference between the two characters. 
is that Angier sees it as the performance is the is the key. Yeah. Whereas to Borden, it's a little bit more none of a trick is the thing. Yeah. And yeah. what does that mean? Um. And so, how does he do it? And it, and, and and Cutter goes. He uses a double. That's my that's my best attempt. <laughs> right. He uses, uh, uses a double. A d- no, that was. Look, no. look, I don't know. He uses a double. It's what was what we need to do, right? You, and, you, you and your cockney accent. Yeah, sorry. And, and Olivia, but Olivia's going. No, 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 no. I've seen it. It's he, uh, it's the same man. They both have padded gloves. Yeah. Which at which point we go okay, but we're told right at the start it's a, it's a double. Back to Borden. But she confirms it, doesn't she? Yeah, she confirms it. It can't be that. Yeah. Uh, and we go back to Borden. Borden's bought a house for Sarah. And she gets confused and goes, but I asked you last week. And you said, he said, hey, you caught me in a bad moment. So, again, some some um, inconsistencies with, quite, with, quite, with Alfred Borden. Quite a few. And so in order to, to do the same thing, or at least do it Cutter's way, the transported man, we meet Gerald Root. Gerald Root played by <laughs> Hugh Jackman, who is the guy they go out and find who's going to replicate him so he can do the same trick. It's funny. I'd realize I'm really proud of IMDb for not having that on their um, like casting. Oh, do they not? No, it, they don't. Excellent. And I'm really, yeah. Cause they, Why? They Were you, really hang on, with- hang on. Were you looking up a cast list before you saw the movie? No, this is when I was doing Age Game afterwards. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, we find that he's an alcoholic. He's an out of work actor. Um, we run through the trick, and when when I guess you got to open the door fully, and then it initiates a trap door. Well, yeah, because otherwise you'd see it when you. Mm. Well, also you couldn't walk through it like they do like three times in the build up. No. Yeah. And so it's a trap door, and there's like a mattress waiting down there, and he beckons. Um, Olivia Scarlett Johansson to come join him on this mattress underneath the stage, and she does, and they kiss. She looks like she hurt herself. <laughs> it's not like a soft. No. She, she goes, "Oh, it's not very." Soft. He goes, "It's not for sleeping." <laughs> I wish for those to be like, "It's for making love." <laughs> he doesn't do that Let's get it on. And so uh, she kisses him, and then we meet the revised Robert Angier, and it's uh, Root, and Root is drunk. And then completely transforms on stage. And for a moment, I'm going, wow, he does such a good job. Until I'm like, well, yeah, because it's Hugh Jackman. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like how. The, the magic of cinema, right? Yeah. I love how he you, plays you really the think drunk they're different. until he goes through the door. Yeah. And he performs. And I think it's credit. And this is the thing where you go, this is the trick. Because I think there's a huge metaphor here. Uh, I haven't found any of my research, but it's also something I, I've held. Is that this film is a metaphor for the act of movie making as well. Yeah, yeah. About the tricks that we play on the audience at all times. Yeah, yeah. And the trick is, he does such a good job playing Root that when he reverts to type, I'm like, "Whoa, he's good." <laughs> of course he is. It's <laughs> the same guy. Yeah. But he does such a good. I think he's. I think Root is a really well done second character for him. Do you know I mean, what I mean? I wonder if he got paid for it. <laughs> he wasn't credited. Um. Sorry. Go ahead. Ethan. Oh, no, I didn't say anything. Oh, okay. Uh, and no. then um, he says, come on, please. I have played Faust. I have played Caesar. How hard could it be to be the great Danton? <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> uh, he announces he played Faust and Caesar. Both of those characters were destroyed by their own ambition. As is Angier. Yeah. And we go to a new transported man, and the cinematography is part of the illusion. He throws his hat up in the air, and the, ca- and the, and the camera goes up. Yep. And then it lands on him, and he is 
owning this stage. Oh yeah. Owning this stage. Um and so um it's fantastic. Uh he, he goes through a door, he falls, and he never saw, I don't know how you're like how many times you practice in that hat throw. Yeah. Because it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. But it looks visually really, really cool. Yeah. Straight on. Yeah, straight Remember on. Remember my thing about sight yeah. lines? Yeah, exactly. Like if you're on the yeah. side of either play, you're like, hang on, it's not really Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah. I saw him come up. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh the crowd goes nuts and Angier and, and and just like just like what happens, we don't oh, we see a little bit of what happens up on stage. But for the most part it keeps us with Angier below stage. We do see Rupe yeah. kiss Olivia. Yes. Yeah, that's the most we get on stage, I think. But then everything else is the shot from behind Angier below the stage, and we can see the bright light from the spotlight shining through the boards. Up. Yeah, and mm. he takes his bow. And he takes his bow. Like, that's the, he takes his bow. Yeah. Soaking yeah. in the applause, which if you get his speech at the end of the movie, we know why this couldn't happen. But this is the smartest play. And he tries to go, well, maybe we could take turns. And he goes, no, no. <laughs> and he goes, no, no, no. You can't. Cutter goes, you can't take turns because he he wouldn't sell the trick. I'm like, I hear you. This is a professionally trained actor. Yes. And you saw him come out of that door. You saw and him beat come him. out and be him. So unless his voice is that far gone, yeah, I don't know what to say. Uh, he, he says, no one cares about the man who goes into the box. They only care about the man who comes out at the end. Talk about an ego. Yep. And then Robert says, I know what we can do. Because Olivia's like, oh, I love you. He's like, oh, I love you too. And he's like, oh, what is it? Is it your wife? He goes, no, it's uh, it's Borden, which is fine. He goes, I want you to go work for him. She goes, oh, but we're just getting our, our start here. That's why you have to do it. And he's like, he's he's obsessed. And what I like about this movie yeah. is that it does show it's not about success for him. It's about making the other guy pay. Yeah, but. Which which I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm, I'm going to phrase that. It's a bad thing. <laughs> but I understand it. Yes. Based on what's occurred yeah. and the lack of closure. In the the lack of closure he has. You see it, yeah. You know. The lack of admission as he's well, I guess, night, from, he's, from Borden. Yeah, so that's what I'm talking about, about, about with closure. Yeah. Yeah, and the idea yeah. of his life, he's got a wife. He's got a kid. So great. Everything so, he thinks he deserves. Yeah. So I've got what? I've got my professional life, but I don't have my family life like he has. Mm. So we need to do something about this. And so he sends her away. Um, we go back to Colorado Springs. It's a test run of the machine with a top hat. A lot of smoke and light, but the hat remains. Ethan, did you remember the hats at the start of the movie at this point? Yep. Oh, really? Wait, no. I thought you meant from this episode when we were talking about it. No, no. no I, mean, I did at this not. Point That's when you why were I lost my it. mind. Okay. That's why I lost my mind when you said it. Uh, we go back to Borden's workshop, and Olivia comes in, pitches her service, but he goes, I know you're the mistress of my enemy. She goes, I'm going to tell you the truth. And I'm going to, you know, he sent me here to work for you. He's obsessed with you. He wants to get your methods, but I'm here to give you his. And she's telling him the truth. And he goes, what, what do I need your help for? What? He comes, he goes in one door and comes out the other one, overweight and, and, and drunk. <laughs> like... Tell me, does he enjoy taking his bows underneath the stage? And he's got it. Yeah, completely, yeah. And so uh, we go back to the Angier camp, and Root has started making demands. And Cutter goes, usually takes him longer to figure this out. But now let's stop doing the trick. It's because Borden uh, is has been talking in his ear. Well, we don't know that yet. Oh, okay. So we just know he's causing problems. It's usually it takes him a while to suss out to this. Yeah. But, you know, you climb too high. They call you the best performer in London. Stop now. Yeah, this is this is yep. go go out on a high. You're fine, and then we'll come back with something else. Yeah, and he goes, no, no, no. We'll just pay him more, and uh, we'll until he starts his show across the street. We'll just do this, 
And Borden, we see, buying some ale for Root. Mm. and gives up within like seconds that he is the great Dan. Oh, don't tell anybody he'll be mugged by fans. <laughs> and he goes, I once did something like that. And it wasn't, uh, the problem was it took me a while to realize this, but once I did this, I gave that guy absolute power over me. And he goes, oh, really? Absolute power. <laughs> just, let me give you some more. <laughs> he, gave, he gave his double absolute power. Yep. And so uh, we go through the same build-up, and uh, this is so um, we know, well, we would do a version where he goes through the door, and he lands, and then Root's just sitting there drinking some vodka out of a bottle or something, <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, I don't, I don't know why he's, I, I guess he's just showing, bragging or flexing his power. But none of that. But all you're going to do is get yourself canned. Yeah, because it's delayed. Mm. Yeah, it's not showing anything. And come back, going, oh wow! It's like, what's in it for Root to sabotage this? Exactly, nothing. It's in his best interest. The show keeps going on. Yeah, well. yeah. Unless but, Borden's but, been paying him, but he is drunk. Yeah, he is. yeah, yeah. Yeah, unless Borden's been paying, but we don't know this. Yeah, we, don't, we, have, we can only give it what the film sort of tells us, or at least implies towards us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we see the trick go wrong, and it's beautiful. It's the same hat throw up in the air, the same musical cue. He goes through, he goes through the door, and he lands, and there's no mattress. At that which point, painful. He looks across, and there's Borden. Now, this is—I think this is too far. I, I think this is too far yeah. by Borden. He didn't need to break his leg. Nope. Uh, you could have just done the same. I guess you need him not to come up and tackle you, but there could have been something else you could have done that wouldn't have done something that. Oh, Fallon could have just grabbed them. Yeah, you could have had him land down. Fallon takes a blanket and like holds him down or something like that. I don't know. And the professor comes out in his full attire. Borden's in his professor gimmick and says, oh, I'm, it's just simply too much magic for, for my theater over at the Pantages across the street. <laughs> And then we see Root has been tied up and gagged and is coming down from, like, if you think about the number of people who have to be in on this for this to reveal. Yeah. Like, you'd have to, like, yeah. the spotlight guy has to be on in on it. Someone's got to lower Root on the ropes with the sign. Mm, Are you telling me that Cutter didn't know that Root wasn't in position? Yeah. Don't know. Mm. Um, and so Olivia is challenged, uh, and Jir wants to know. So Olivia comes back to see Jir, and Jir wants to know how Borden does the trick. He says, look, I've seen it. It's a, I haven't seen things directly, but I've seen makeup. I've seen pieces of hair. Yeah. It's a double. He uses a double. And says, yeah, just because you started sleeping with him, and she's all upset. And I'm like, well, you know, you sent her over there. Yeah, exactly. what, what are you doing here? Yeah. And she goes, it won't bring your wife back. And he goes, I don't care about my wife. And you're like, whoa. <laughs> That was my turning point. I was like, all oh, this And there is changed. a point, because I think, I was going to save this for the end, but are we all on Team Angier at the start? At the start. Because oh, I'm totally yeah. on Team Angier almost the whole way through the movie. This yeah. is, I haven't turned on him here yet. I'm Have still with not? him. No. Oh. No. Because I, 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 he's made this I'm watching. I'm watching. I'm watch, he's just broken his leg. You know what I mean? Yeah, but. Like, Borden's just so, I get the idea that it's obsessive. I get that it's. Mm. I think it's you a moment. dismiss of that quickly. I think. Well, I don't know how how long has it been. It couldn't have been that I long. I think they say oh, two think, years look, look, at some point. Look at the young girl. She more than two she years. She really changed much. What other girl? Um, Borden's girl. Well, they they have a daughter. Was a baby. They, they went from not having a kid. So he meets Sarah. Is it after the funeral? It's a couple of years, isn't it? He before, says, yeah, before he the say a couple of years. Yeah, it, it, it's been a while. Yeah. I'm trying to think of how old. She's 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 in like a, a pram when he goes to sneak up behind them. But the whole thing about Angie is oh the he's fact in America that, for a couple of years. 
Yeah, I'm sure that, yeah, it's over the course of like 10 years or something. Yeah. Like it's driven about his... Sure. You know, and then to say, no, I don't care about her. That's the whole reason this whole started. Yeah, but at some point, I think it evolves beyond that. I'm not saying it's right, but yeah. I'm saying I understand a character going down this... I turned on him. This form- okay, I didn't yet. I just went, From the oh, beginning careful. Of the film, yeah, yeah, I turned on him. From the beginning of the film, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm all on his side. Yeah. Like, this, this, that. And then he said that, I'm like... Oh, this is gonna go somewhere, and I'm I'm holding hope. Oh, I knew we were I'm in a state of hope. flux. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and so she says, "Well, I, I have been sleeping. I, I am in love with him." Um, because he said, "Oh, I don't care about my wife. I only care about his secret." We go to the Pantages, and we see that we do see a Tesla-like machine. Yeah, because there is like a little bit of Sparky Sparky going on. So why did that not work for him? Like it did work. He wasn't trying to. He wasn't trying to get anything made. He just got. It's just. I, he's just because Olivia says it, to him, "I can make your, your tricks look better." So they just got some bells and whistles. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because before we remember, it's just, just the way it was just. It was just two wooden cabinets. It's just the way it's Tesla just says. I built one before. Yeah. He's he had built something, I guess, for board, but it was just like a flashy, flashy machine. Maybe. Yeah. Well, it's basically, basically two what Tesla he saw was behind them yeah what 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 they had seen at the world trade uh, at the royal albert hall yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whatever science exposition he basically just bought yeah. like a sparky thing yeah <laughs> sparky thing there we are. um and <laughs> so uh borden walks home and he tells fallon i don't care let him come for me whatever and so we're led to believe oh and you're just gonna come get him and they do a, a redirect because actually angier goes for fallon Mm. and kidnaps Fallon and Cutter's there like like you know he, they put him in like a coffin or something or a box yeah and he like nails it shut and I guess Fallon's packing because there's a, a shot that comes through and, he does pull a gun out yeah yeah and uh well yeah and it shoots um sorry I got some some stuff Feedback. there just a little crack of lack yeah yeah um it shoots um an air hole an air he goes oh saves me I'm gonna drill you an air hole and so then we cut to the next day, and Borden has shown up, and um, he goes, "Oh, you finally got your hands dirty, but that's what a great trick takes." And he goes, "Write your method down, all of it." And he goes, "All right." And he writes one word, and he goes, "I'll ask for all of it." He goes, "Oh, that is my method." And he goes, oh, "Okay." Yeah, I'm like, the stakes of this are pretty high. You can't do this more than once. And why is he so willing? I know they keep saying about getting your hands dirty, but why is um, Cutter and uh, and Jir on board of killing? Burying the other guy alive. I think I don't think they ever. I don't think they, they, they want him to die. I don't think that's ever the intent. I think it's about you know posturing that you're okay with it. I think for Cutter, there still is the even though we're told not so much. I think for Cutter, there's still the idea. It was a couple of things. Number one, he killed the guy's wife. Yeah. Number two, yeah. he ruined his career when he went ahead and took the mattress away and embarrassed him professionally. And it's the only guy. Remember, Angier's the only guy who will hire him. And also yeah. the birdcage issue as well. The birdcage issue. He's he's like made he's made him look like look, look, look like a butcher. Okay. Right. So I think they're willing to do this to get to do the trick finally and just let everything alone. Because yeah. they're generally trying to kill him. No, I don't think so. Ethan, what do you think? Okay. I think it was more just to like teach a lesson kind of thing. Like you, this is going too far. Look yeah. what you've. One of us will get killed if you do this. For example. Look at this uh, buried alive man. Um, then he just, yeah, uh, he goes, where's my engineer? And he just points to the dirt alive. And he goes, how fast can you dig? Because if they wanted to kill him, they would have killed him. Yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, Cutter challenges that. He goes, I, look, I don't know what you want. I know how he does it. 
but you want more than this. You you want you want this to be more than it is. It, it, trust me, it just it just is this disappointing thing. He's he's turned into one of the audience members. Yeah, he's well, amazed by what he's seen. Oh, you mean Angiras? Yeah, yeah. He and he wants he, he wants it to be more than it is, more than what it is. Yeah. yeah. And we find out he's like, look, I haven't even opened it yet, and I am going. Hang on, now, I've seen this movie like, like ten times now. Yeah. Hang on, because you were buried a man here. Yeah. And you're like, write down the whole method, and then you're like, I haven't even looked at it. Like, surely this is something you want to. <laughs> what, 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 what if he wrote down, ha ha? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> My name is Robert Angier, and I am a loser. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's Tesla, and he goes, okay, we're going to America, and he goes, no, no, no. Obsession's a young man's game. I'm out. Mm. Cool. Because he is, like I said, he's he's our barometer. I think he's gone. I'm going yeah. as far as I'm willing to go here. Yeah. There's a dinner, and we're celebrating, and it seems that Fallon's quite measured, but yeah. but it, it's Borden who's really worked up about this, and he said, "I thought of something really, really interesting." Direct quote. I'm going to bury myself alive every night and someone's going to come and dig me up. Mm. Mm. Just leave that there. Yeah. And so um, Olivia calls Alfred Freddy and she called Angier Robbie. It seemed to be her thing. It does, yeah. Um, yeah. And he goes, take take her away, take her away. So she goes and Fallon goes with her and he goes, uh, Borden goes, look, I had a terrible ordeal today. I thought something very precious had been taken away from me so I wanted to celebrate. And he, you know, this is one of those good days for the two of them. No, back to Colorado. Edison's thugs have shown up. Uh, Angier reads the second half of Olivia's confessional. We go back to the bit where she says, "I was sent here to, 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 to I'm going to give you his secrets." And she says, "Look, I loved him, and I was sent to to you like a stagehand to pick up his shirts." So she says, "Here's the problem," and she unwraps his hand and says, "This is what proves you that what you do is genius. Show this. Let them see this." Mm. And he goes. He kind of goes, oh, okay, yeah. She says, it must be really hard to do that. He goes, yeah, it is. Um, and we hear, and the scenes are falling in love, and he's playing with a wedding ring on his fingers as mm. it goes down. Um, oh, what do I got here? Um, he, she, We find out that she's the one who led him to Root, and then she's the one who sort of tricked him into giving him the journal that sends him to Colorado. Yep. So... Uh, at this point, uh, Angier's had enough. He storms up the Tesla, and he goes, I want to see my machine. And we get told exact science is not an exact science. It's no, a great line. It is. We get told the top hat was tried a dozen times. They try a cat, but that fails too. And the cat is let go, and Jackman storms out. That and, cat amongst pigeons. Yeah. <laughs> and we hear the two cats fighting. And then we see a lot of top hats. Yes. <laughs> and at this point, we find out, well, here's exactly what's occurred. We've got a cloning machine is what we have. We do. Yeah. And says, don't, uh, as he goes to walk away, uh, Andy Circus goes, don't forget your hat. And he goes, which one? And Bowie's like, they're all they're your all hats. hats. Yeah. <laughs> so wouldn't that be, don't forget your hats? Yeah. <laughs> um, Borden is back at home and uh, his little girl, whose name was Jess, I found out finally. Jess is like, he goes, are we going to go out today? And he can we go to the zoo? And he goes, no, no, honey, I got some errands to run. And he go, she goes, oh, but, 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 but you promised. He goes, oh, did I? Oh, in that case, we'll go to the zoo. Yes. Okay. Ooh. And he speaks to Sarah, and Sarah's starting to drink excessively. Sherry, it looked like. Mm-hmm. And he says, look, don't do that. He goes, the, the only competition for my affections is our little girl. I will always love you and you alone. 
And she goes, you mean it's a day? He goes, I do. And she goes, that's what makes it so much harder when you don't. And then we have a scene between Fallon and uh, Borden where Fallon, sorry, Borden is talking to Fallon. Direct lines here of a little lady wants to go to the zoo, so I thought you could take her. Mm. And then he goes, oh, by the way, you know, I think, I think Sarah knows. Yeah. Don't know what, but I think she knows. So if you could help me out, like, talk to her, convince her about that, that I love her. Yep. And it's like, because he just promised he'd take his daughter to the zoo, right? Yep, yep, okay. yep. Yeah. Um, and Hard so, not to say things, though. Pardon me? Hard not to say things. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, very much so. <laughs> um, and uh, he sees Olivia, and she's like, oh, Freddie. He's like, don't, 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 don't call me Freddie. And again, we're like, wow, this is really inconsistent very. with, with yeah. what I've seen to this point. And Olivia doesn't like Fallon. He says, look, you trust me, right? Then you can trust Fallon. Yeah. Uh, back to Colorado, Edison's men have torched um, Tesla. Tesla's lab. But there was a box left for Angier with a note, and he says, you should destroy the machine. Yeah. But here it is. Being honest. Well, he's paid for it. <laughs> yep. uh, Angier writes in his journal that Borden is waiting for execution for his murder. And he's like, what? He's in jail reading about how he's supposed to be in. It's crazy. Mm. So I guess he would have. Uh, yeah. So he's, it's crazy. I'm, I'm having to stop myself there. Look at that. And so we get to a big fight between Sarah and Borden, and they're fighting about Olivia, and she goes, I'll tell her. I know what you really are. And he's going, Sarah, shut up. Just shut up, Sarah. <laughs> and the little girl, Jess, is outside, and she hears everything, and Fallon comes mm. over, puts his hands over her ears, picks her up, and walks her away. Yeah. Sarah's line, I know what you are, was not in the script. Really? Rebecca Hall said she felt terrible right after, thinking she'd given away the ending. I would say this to you, Rebecca Hall. You're not in a play. Yeah. Yeah. They could always take ask for never take. They could, yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, they both said they can't live. I didn't lo- even suspect, though, yeah. that line. They both, exactly. Because if you know, you think you've just given it away. Yeah. But if you I don't it know, it just like, feels like like you're, yeah. you're, you're a cheater. You're a monster. You're, you're, yeah. you're, you're unfaithful. You'll do it to her as well. Yep. Um, they both say they can't live like this. She says, do because she goes, I can say, do you think I like living like this? Do you think I like living like this? Do you think I like this hair, man? <laughs> <laughs> uh, she says, do you love me? And he goes, not today. Oh, nope. Nope. And Sarah goes to the workshop. Uh, we have a montage of their moments together and then she hangs herself. Oh, like one of the, bir- and the, the, the shots of the birds are everywhere too. So it's the same oh, idea. Oh, that just, we go back to Cutter. He finds an answer at the bottom of a pint glass that takes him to a theater. It's the King cardigan as well. There's blind, the this time. there's blind stage hands. Another indicator. We're almost at the end of the movie. We're sort of getting to the point where we were. It's uh, we find out it's all a trap to lure Borden. He says, "I want as much press as we can get, every favor, so that Borden can't miss, uh, it. miss it." Yeah, we get the trick because um, it's presented for this guy um, who's a financier. And he goes, let me see it. Just one trick. Let's get on with it. And he goes, all right. And so he sort of walks down to the stage area, which is all like crap. It looks like a quantum mm. oh, accelerator. It's terrible. <laughs> uh, but anyway, he walks into it and then all of a sudden disappears. He goes, that's it. He disappears. We need something. Something like, and you hear a voice from the prestige. And he goes, exactly. And he's jumped like 50 feet. Yeah, incredible. And he's going, I, he says, it's not, excuse me, it's very rare you see real magic. But he says, you have mm. to dress it up a bit. Give him enough reason to doubt it because if if it is real magic you're probably gonna scare them yeah exactly you have to give people yeah. enough chance they can go how do you think he did it well maybe they had enough chance to yeah. to run or walk i'll tell you what there's a version of something in um 
It was at the Tonys. And if you get a chance to see it, it's on YouTube. It's the opening, and it's Neil Patrick Harris. I have oh, seen. yeah, that one. And it's like, uh, let's make it bigger. Let's make it bigger. I think it's that one. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. goes into this um, into this box, because Neil Patrick Harris is known for being a magician, right? And he goes in, and, you know, the timer's up. They spin the box around, and they open it, and he's not there. And like, where is he? And then you cut, and he's coming down the aisle from behind everybody. And you're like, how did he? And I've tried to figure this one out. I can't. And his only indication is he went so far because he he looks visibly out of breath. Oh, he's he's out of breath, so he's run that for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you can't do it's it's the Tonys. Like you can't do like camera trickery at the Tonys. That's the whole point. Is it's It's live? Yeah. So like it's like that sort of level where you go. How did he do? It's the closest I've ever been to something like this. (laughs) Um. And so the problem is going, how do they do it? And that, that's the benefit. And you see him out of breath and you go, okay, obviously he did it somehow. How was it? As opposed to this, we were like, no, this is something different. Again, when I went to see David Copperfield, he was on stage, yep. did this thing where he disappeared, and he appeared behind me out of another box. Yeah. Don't that, know. that was that was clever. It wasn't a double when he went on? In, uh, the thing? <laughs> no. Okay. No. That's what, that's what, I, that's what I'm I did. assuming yeah. he ran under the stage. And, <laughs> okay, maybe, yeah. You know. Uh, Alfred is hanging out with Olivia and it's really cold. He's just like, yeah, I never loved Sarah. And it's like, Ooh. whoa, like even if, yeah. even if you weren't, even if you're fighting, even if you were having some of these arguments where you might not have been acting like yourself, um, <laughs> you know, to, to go, to go, I never loved her. Like this feels like someone who was in your life for years. Mm. unless you really hated her for all that time i want to come back to this later let's do that uh but he goes part of me did but i don't love olivia i love you that's the part that matters Mm. and she says it's inhuman to be so cold and she tells him about angier says you should go to him you two deserve each other i felt this could have been done a little bit better this breakup comes out of nowhere yeah it just happens he says one line she gets mad and then, then, then then they're done yeah uh, we go to the show, the final show, the show we saw at the start. Examine the machine for yourselves. And unlike before, where he's like so charismatic, he's very stoic in this new one. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, it's missing his usual showmanship. Uh, we see the disappear, the reappearance that we talked about before. And I think the line is, man's reach exceeds his imagination, which is a play on what Tesla told him earlier. Man's reach exceeds his grasp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or exceeds his ambition or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, cue the montage, and this is Borden yelling at Fallon in the same way that maybe he would yell at uh, at Sarah earlier on. Yep. And he yep. went, you know, why can't you? Why can't you outthink him? And we see Borden playing with not Borden. We see Fallon playing with the ball. Yep. On his fingers. Yep. Um, Borden spots the blind stagehands uh, moving a giant box off the stage every night, as does Cutter. Uh, Borden, much calmer, comes back and says, "Let him have his trick." Yeah, we just we just leave it. We let him have it. We go our way. He goes it. So we don't go. We 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 don't go see a show again. And uh, just leave him alone. We're done. Uh, Cutter is challenged by Angier about being backstage. He's like, "I said you weren't to be backstage on this one." Um, we get the opening of the movie then with Borden. Despite saying, I'm not going back there again. Yeah. He's back there he's again. Back, yeah. And uh, we see the drowning. Uh, we then see Angier's dead body and Cutter go, yeah, that's him. And we see the verdict of death being handed out. Um, back to jail. Owens meets Cutter again. And 
Oh, sorry. Owens meets Cutter, not 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 the jail. Sorry, Owens meets Cutter as they're getting rid of uh, uh, Angier stuff. Yeah, all of his stuff. Uh, mm. So, oh, uh, Cutter wants to buy it. He goes, "Nope." Lord Cordlow specifically wanted this machine. Yeah, he goes, "Could I meet Lord Cordlow?" Is out of the question. Unless you happen to like run into each other. Why did he do that? When you get there, yeah. which then turned, well, we'll talk about it in a minute. Why would he do it? I I don't know. Because yeah. the movie needs it to happen? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> You're right, yeah. Um, and so he says, I want to visit, though. This is, the, this is the pledge and the term, but I want to meet. I want to see my daughter one more time. Yeah. And I said, okay, fine. You can have the prestige at that point. He's okay. So uh, the visit happens, and uh, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, Ethan, maybe you would have noticed, his prisoner mm. number. Number nine? Is D23. Oh. No, no way. It's D23. Why is that significant, Ethan? Because that's the Disney convention thing where they announce all of the shows. Yeah, so the official fan club and convention oh, is, is D23. So this was a Touchstone Pictures movie, which is like the like oh. non-family version of Disney at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, that was a little, a little reference there. Nice little touch. I found it in my research, and then when I was watching, it was like, just st- like, it's, like it's not even small. It it's like ma- it's massive. The only way it could look more Disney is it was like Mickey Mouse ears around yeah. it. Like it was, it was just staring <laughs> me in the face. Um. And uh, we find out that here's the um, reveal because we see the little girl and he looks at Jess. Yeah. And he goes, Yes, I was quite eager to meet. And we pan up again, a nice, a great reveal. And this is uh, Robert Angier, is Lord Cordlow. So another part, in a sense, being played by Hugh Jackman. Yep. Lost my mind. Looks like he's lost some weight here. A little bit. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Yeah, you lose your mind. <laughs> there is a thing where you're going. Wait, have I been? I know there's a lot of time jumps. Am I watching this correctly? Mm. Yeah, this is the thing. I was like, wait, no. My 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 bro was like, maybe, maybe, maybe Angie's has a twin. What is this? <laughs> uh, we've got. Um, he says, "I win, I win." He takes a secret. He throws it, rips it up. Rips and throws it. Now, here's the part I don't get. He's wanted this for ages. He's so obsessed. Wouldn't you look at it and go, "Yes." Huh. As opposed to, if you do this, why is it just so you can do it to his face? Oh. I don't know what the point it was of showing up then. I, What's the problem with the whole yeah, charade? Exactly. I think I know the reason for this, and I can't talk about it yet. Let's okay. Let's let's get to the end, and then we'll yeah. do that. Um, and so uh, he says, "Look, you always were the better magician." And it depends. What, see, I think this is the movie trying. Now, at this point, at this point, I've pivoted. Yeah. At this point, I've pivoted. Yeah. And at this point, the movie wants me to pivot. The movie's going, especially goes, you were the better magician. As as, as the film goer, I've been win. trained. You're the better magician. Yeah. I've been trained to go, this is about who the best magician is. So he goes, yeah. you always yeah. were the better magician. I'm like, whoa, hey, hey, I'm kind of mad. So I'm like, I was rooting for you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but secondly, I'm like, okay, whoa, this is, obviously now that we've, we've gone many bridges too far here. Um and so Borden tells his daughter, he says, I'm gonna take you home real soon. I'm gonna take you home. And uh he he takes the ball and he bounces does he give it the ball? Does he bounce the ball? How does it work? I here? think he gives her the ball. Okay. Yeah. He bounces the ball to Fallon, doesn't he? Yeah. Earlier on. Oh, he gives the ball to Fallon later. No, he gives the ball to Fallon later. He doesn't give her the ball here. Oh, okay. And so at Cordlow's house, Cutter meets Cordlow. So remember the whole, if by some chance you should yeah. happen to meet each other, what that means yeah. is get to the house and just ask to stay. Yeah. Because <laughs> Cordlow comes <laughs> and goes, oh, there's a gentleman to see you, sir. Oh, all right. <laughs> and it's Cutter. And he's upset. He says, I saw you dead on a slab. 
and whole. You're not afraid to get your hands dirty, are you? No, I'm not. And then Cutter sports Borden's daughter and figures out where he knows her and says, I don't know, I whatever. Where do you want the machine delivered? He goes, oh, to the, to, to, to the theater, yeah. which apparently is going to be the last thing these two are going to do is bros. Yep. I would have outsourced yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm either of them, I would outsource. Well, maybe not if I'm bored. Maybe if not if, if I'm, if I'm Cordlow. But if I'm Cutter, I'd probably go, someone else take it. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> Borden says goodbye to Fallon. Here's as much of the speech as I got. You're right. I should have left him to his damn trick. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about Sarah. I didn't mean to hurt her. I didn't. You go and live your life in full now, right? You live for both of us. Ugh. And Fallon just says goodbye, and he bounces him the ball. Yeah. And that's the end of that part. The machine is delivered at the same time that Borden is executed. It's more cross-cutting. Um, we get told, uh, as they get to the, the, the site of the execution, Borden says, are you watching closely? And then we have Cutter explaining to Angie, remember when I told you? Remember when I told you it was like going home? Well, t- I lied. I said it was agony. Yeah. As Cutter leaves the theater, we see Fallon going in, and there's a bit where they both know they've seen each other yeah. as they make the move. Yeah, and he's okay with it. There's a nod. Mm. Uh, we get told by the executioner any or the priest, any last words? He says, abracadabra. And he just whispers it, which is so good. Yeah. Abracadabra. Mm. And then you see him leave the, the, the frame because oh. it just drops. Oh. Uh, this, when, when we did the crucible, this was what I was trying to emulate. Oh, okay. Out of nowhere, mm. crack. I was thinking about this because oh, I was like, that's really oh. effective. I, w- I want to use that. That was effective. Mm, thank you. In your version. It was good in my yeah, version. Yes, thank you. Um, and <laughs> so a sour taste. <laughs> the ball <laughs> bounces up and and he picks it. Angier picks up the ball and looks at it and then he gets shot. And then yeah. out of the darkness comes the ball rolls back up the way it came. Hand picks it up with only three fingers. Yeah, the reveals I, are so ooh. good. So, so Ethan, walk us through this. So we've gone the whole movie, and now we get the idea that I'll just I'll just close the loop ever so slightly. Because yep. in case you missed it, Jackman's got to tie up some loose ends for us. A twin, a brother. <laughs> yeah, and he goes, "Yes, a twin or a brother." We were. Were you fouling the whole time? No, we were both fouling. We were both boarding. Um, we get, and this is where we Cutter told us the whole time. Yep. He uses a double. Yep. All the time. Ethan, how are you here? I I was having this moment where I was like, okay, now I don't know what to think because both people I've seen die and now I've seen them both live. And I'm tra- trying to figure out if they're both somehow the same thing or somehow different. And, and, and I'm, I'm just trying to play keep up. But I mean, this is the whole idea that we talked about earlier, yeah. which was about, you know, your, 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 your life is the trick. Mm-hmm. I like for these I guys, it was going on. dedication, right? Yeah and, go, yeah. and they did help us out with a couple of flashbacks. So, oh, it's bleeding just as fresh as it was when it first happened. Yeah. And things of that ilk. And then the bit where like they, get, like, they take the. It makes you think. They're going to chop his fingers off. Oh, jeez. The girl, Jess. Yeah. Do you think she knew? The daughter? Yeah. No. Because she was very okay with going away with Fallon or with. I think Fallon's part of the family. Yeah. I think Fallon's part of the family. But Sarah said he's only just come into the fold. Who, why? We came into the fold when she said she was pregnant. No, I know, but I mean. Oh, I think Fallon's been there every day of their life for the last X number of years. I think she knew. It makes the most sense. Uh, she was too okay with stuff. I, I mean, think she knew. Come on, my little girl's just, her job's just to have big eyes and look at the camera, isn't it? 
I think she knew. <laughs> I don't, but that's okay. We, okay. we, can, we can disagree on that one. Okay, yeah. um, let's get to We'll talk about some, some of the things here. Uh, Cutter knew, but it was too simple. It's too easy. He said, nothing easy about being two men sharing one life. And he says, well, who, you know, what does the deal with sex? said, we each love one woman. We each had half a full life. It was enough for us, but not for them. Which made sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He said, sacrifice, that's the price of a good trick, but you wouldn't know anything about it. And he goes, sacrifice? You want to talk about sacrifice? And we see the trial run from earlier where he sets it up for the first time, the machine, and we see him shooting another version of himself. And he goes, you know what? You know, you know, courage every time it, it, uh, I got that box. You want to see courage? Look, look around. Look where you are. And he doesn't do it. And remember the cats. Yeah, the cats. They were fighting. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, Angier then dies and knocks the lamp over, causing the place to go up to in burn. flames. And we have the voiceover earlier from the magic trick from Borden's daughter and Cutter. But when it goes to, you know, but it's not enough to make something go away. You have to bring it back and then he like, points behind him and there's cutter not cutter there's borden with a little red ball he grabs the little girl he nods and off they go um and then uh, he goes you know you don't want to see the truth you want to be fooled and the last shot is a shot of one of the many hugh jackmans oh, in these it, cases in these when you realize oh my god there's 99 other like dead hugh jackmans yeah in this room yeah. And so, then we go to some music by Radiohead and we leave kind of on a, what? The thing is, so Hugh Jackman, first time, shoots the other guy, the other him. Yeah. So to eliminate all this, he drowns them. Yeah. Each night. Yeah, because you, 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 in order to make the jump, you have, to, you have to clone yourself to do it. And that's the price of your trick. And the best bit is, Cutter says about the sailor, he said that was the worst thing ever. Yeah. And... You see him reenact that in the water. And realizing he's been doing that to himself. It wasn't every, like going home. Yeah, it yeah. was agony. The worst way to die. Yeah, every time. So wow. that kind of more or less ends the film. I mean, I will just say there's over 140, sorry, there's 146 time jumps in this film. Woo. So like it's, it, it's a challenging watch, which is why I said to anybody who was going to watch it, put your phone down. Don't try and multitask. Much like the usual suspects, you got to have, have your wits about you, you when you watch, watch this one. You got to watch. Mm. You got to watch this one. So maybe now's a good time uh, to do this button here, he said, hoping it's the right one. We're in the end game now. And we are in the end game now. Liam, let's just start off really quickly with a random word, shall we? Rubber ball. Rubber ball. A rubber ball can hey. bounce him back to me. I like that. Uh, we talked about Team Angier, Team Borden early on. Um, I guess my thought here is, let's talk about, the, okay, so, you know, Ethan, you're kind of going back. So the moment when I first saw this, and I was like, my, you ever see the Butterfly Effect of this movie? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ashton Kutcher? Ashton Kutcher, yeah. And when he, like, changes the past, like, his brain gets so full of all these yeah, memories, yeah, his yeah, nose yeah, yeah. starts to bleed. That's kind of like what happened mm. to me the first time I watched The Prestige. And I realized <laughs> very, they were both both the same person. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm, like, replaying the whole movie in my head in, like, the span of four seconds. But yeah. it feels like it takes forever. Yeah. And this was me with realizing, the bl- like, the reason that he has blind men. Yeah. But yeah. you realize all these things, like, you know, from every step of the way. And you know what? The movie told us he's using a double, and at no point do yeah. I look at bo- bo- uh, no. uh, at Fallon and go, "Oh, it's him." And even when they do close-ups at the end, when he goes goodbye, like I'm never going. Who's this actor? I'm never going. What, what parts he done before? I I said to you, I think I remember watching bits of this, yeah, rather than the whole thing. I knew 
well, I thought I knew that was um, Christian Bale, and then I'd convinced myself it wasn't. Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, I, early on, I thought, hang on a minute, he said something that sounded very Christian Bale-esque. Oh. And then I convinced myself it wasn't. But what does this was like? He's there's one side who's yelly and angry and mean, and that yeah. seems to be the one who dies. And there's one yeah. version. Is that Fallon then, or is that? Well, because neither of them's which, Fallon. Which, yeah, but which one? Yeah, but which? Oh. Who's the daughter? Who's the who? Who made the daughter? We don't know. Oh, unless unless they made a deal between them that only the real version of him makes a move. Because one of them is completely the off one, the Sarah. one who is the one who loves Sarah is the one who lives. Yes, yeah, so that must be the daughter. And my other that theory the is, the I think the one who dies is the one who changed the knot. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Because this I thing think about the one who loved Olivia is the one who died. I don't know. Now that asks me oh, to that suggest. Makes sense. That's the point I was saying. Let me get to the oh end here. Oh my god! So because yeah. honestly, I don't know now. You'd think you might ask your brother, hey, hey, which knot did you tie that night? And not only that, why didn't they let the wives, or the wife and the Scarlett Johansson... The mistress? In? Yeah. Why don't they just let him in on it? Because if you break up with... What, what happens if the relationship ends? Mm. Okay. It's gone. Like, total... It's, uh, that scene with the, with, with the Chinese guy with, 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 with the fishbowl. So no important. Need. He said total commitment and who's telling us borden's telling us this why because no he's already he's already living this oh yeah like here's my if i have a, a slight well, we'll talk about it in a minute but a, a slight issue i have with the film is the fact that it tells us yay borden's the good guy i'm like borden's not really a good guy no he's not the worst. borden is a no because he's not the worst really objectifiable guy no he's not because it's he's 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 still a guy who lets his wife you know live with the belief that she's married to a guy to one man when she's not she's married to two men um you know he's a guy who doesn't hold his brother to account if my theory is correct about which knot that he's high and why doesn't his brother if that's trying to keep up a pretense why doesn't his brother go oh yeah you're my wife yeah yeah you're you're my love of my life you're this you're that he could do maybe it's the why make those differences? I haven't believe it. I have a theory that that the other the other Borden, yeah, um, let's call them let's call them Alfred and Freddie. Okay, yeah. So Freddie's yeah. the one who's 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 not who's more into Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, yeah. So I have a theory yeah. that Freddie just doesn't like her, and has always been going because he never. Freddie's the. It's like you got two brothers, and one wants to be. I met the love of my life. I want to get married, super young. I want to have a family. Oh, I and I get so much enjoyment out of this. Yeah. And the problem is when you do that, it causes Freddie, the one who wants his independence and wants to run around and party and do all those things, into a domestic life. And Freddie's the one that get hanged. Fred, in my yeah, Freddie's the one in yeah, Freddie's yeah, the one that gets hanged. In, uh, in yeah. what we think. And well, no, because he does say he says, "I'm sorry about Sarah." Oh, okay. Yeah, he yeah, he yeah. Ta- sort of takes that on him. I'm okay. sorry about Sarah. And he's is he the one who won't let it go with Angie? He has to be the one because he's the one who ends up dying. So he's the one who doesn't he, let it go and shows up. Go. Yeah, he has to be the one who says no, let it go. Yeah, and he's the calm one says let it go. Whereas it's the yelly one who's like, why can't you outthink him? Okay, now I feel a bit different about the characters. Yeah, because yeah. To start with, I'm like, hang on a minute. I like, I don't like, I don't like, I do like, yeah. I don't like, I do like, I don't like. Yeah. You know? Okay. Because I still judge Borden. I mean, the idea about there was there was a knot that was that was tied, and he doesn't ever tell him the truth. Yeah. And the bit with the mattress, I'm like, that's too far. Yeah. That's too far. But is that Freddy or Fred? Uh, they're both there at the theater. 
Yeah. One of them's in the audience laughing while one of them's my my interpret interpretation. Freddie's the one on the stage. Alfred's the one dressed as Fallon in the audience. Yeah. yeah having yeah, a laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I think Freddie's a bit more of a hothead. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That That's my reading of it. Yeah. That'd make more sense. But I mean, so many things throughout the bit with the T. Yeah. Where he's like, guess who's on the other side of a door? Because they're both twins. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think it's uh, Freddie, I think, is the one who is buried as Fallon. Yes. Alfred's the one who's like, let him come. And I think that's more Alfred's style is like, if he wants to come, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like all these things where he's like, you know, I will come and get you and you can't hold me. All these sorts of things. I think it's, it's really well done and it's a really rewarding second watch, Ethan, when you go back. I'm not suggesting do it anytime soon. I recommend finding someone I have who, who hasn't to seen want it. To watch it. I have, you know what you should do? Watch it with someone who hasn't seen it before. Because then you'll get the enjoyment of a second watch, but you get to see them have their mind blown, and that's brilliant. I also judge. See, I might do it with uh, watch it with my mum because I watched it with with my girlfriend. It was both just a lot of incoherent screaming during the film. Yeah, and I want to be able to see that on someone else's face with the knowledge of what's coming. It's a lot of fun, Liam. You were saying? Yeah, yeah I judge <clears throat> Angier though because he knows what buttons he's pushing. He knows what he's doing. He knows he's sending at least one person to the gallows. And he's already said he's too far gone. Mm. At no point, Liam, am I saying that? Am am I saying that he's a good guy? I I, know, but do you think each clone is making you a darker person? No, because you're a clone. However, you do have the memory of coming out of it forty six, forty seven, forty eight times in a row. And why hundred is the magic number? We we don't know what a hundred was the magic number. We just know it was supposed to be hundred performances. Okay. We don't know what it was show 100, it he storms. felt like they made it a big thing about being 100. It does feel... The only thing that... Yeah, we did, but why 100? We, we're not told he goes to show 100. We're told there were 100 scheduled. Okay. So the thing would be... I just want to know, because you have to know he's down there. Yeah. So how many people... And it seems like he went to the show several times. So how do they know on which night it was going to be the one? Who knows? That was a little bit of movies got to move. Yeah, yeah, that. movies got to move. Okay. But... Um, I think just this is how you structure a movie. <laughs> this is how you structure a movie and get a really, really engaged first watch and a, still an equally rewarding, if not more so second watch, even though you don't have that aha moment. Yeah. As opposed to like Tenet, where you're like, I got to watch a second time just to figure out what the heck I just watched. There's difference between having a conversation afterwards going, so what did that all mean? As opposed to Tenet, where you're like, okay, let me get my YouTube video out and follow what, okay, what what happened here? Why in my own head, what's they call that when you think, you know when you said about seeing the head in the box and you don't? Mandela effect. Yeah. Oh, I feel yeah. like I had that in this movie because I knew that Hugh Jackman was in those other tanks, right? We only saw the one. Yeah. I remember seeing them all, which is weird. Yeah. So I knew that bit. So that's why I said I think I've watched bits of it because I was just as shocked to see Bowie. I was just as shocked. Hey, a little bit of music. And <laughs> welcome to the Midnight Hour on the BFE. <laughs> BFE. As Ian starts to play. <laughs> an intro. No, it's just kind of cool. I, I managed to pick up this... Uh... 
this thing that lets me hook up my guitar into the Rode Procaster. So we're going to do some That's stuff. Cool. This is just me sort of doing a little something. Uh, I've got some ideas for songs from movies and things like that. We might put up on the Patreon. Up on the Patreon Ooh. there. A little bonus content there. Can't do it on this. We get done for copyright for sure. Sure. <laughs> but I wanted to, I realized I hadn't done it yet. And was like, oh, I need to do something with this. So I think it's just sit there fine. So sorry, I, I okay. cut you. I cut off someone who's there at all. Was it you? Yeah, but don't worry. It's okay. Fine. It's a nice little bit of music. Yeah, thank you. My question is, yeah. so the, um, the Hugh Jackman we see, I, I was going by the belief that the one at the end isn't the original. No. And he's, he's just, yeah. Each clone dies in the belief thinking that it's yeah, but, still but, the original. But, but which one's which? Yeah, which one's the original? Well, he, I, he, I, he lets him drop in the... Well, first of all, oh, no, no, you're right, you're first right, you're right. right. No, because because the, the hat always stayed in the same place. Yeah, first of all, yeah. um, you see him come out of the thing to start with and see the clone. Yes, and shoots. Yes, right. So then he goes right. I must kill them all. Yes. So they're set up in the belief that they're not. He still thinks he's the original one. Yeah, I guess you're right. But each one is the clone of the clone of the clone of the clone. Yeah, unless you want to argue it. Yeah, I mean the the other option. I mean, the, as far as your consciousness would go, you would just think your consciousness split and, and and made the jump. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the huge the huge Ackman who gets shot in the trial, he thinks he's just as much a part of exactly. He goes, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. He's not like I'm. He's not. He's not like. He's not Rocky Horror going, I'm just seven hours old. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. <laughs> that was good, I that. Thank you. <laughs> I'll just have to the end of the year. That's, that's, why I'm, that's why I was thinking before the reason that like he's he doesn't care as much at a point is because he's lost that sense of humanity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Of a husk of a husk of a husk. Look, he's also become so obsessed and gone down this rabbit yeah. hole so much. Once you're willing to let board, like he comes, this whole plan is to get bored and framed for his murder. Yeah, yeah. It's because it's not about you know I care about a secret, and even that disappears and it becomes I just want to win. It's one thing after another, isn't it? Yeah. And what does he do then? I'm going to take your daughter. Yeah. Because the mom has to die for that situation to be set up because she has to be an orphan. Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't like that. You're not supposed to. No, I know, but yeah. I mean, it was just like even on the 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 both brothers' side, the twins. I didn't think. Yeah, I think we see how obsession and rivalry leads to everybody being the worst version of themselves, <sighs> and then some. Yeah, yeah. Um, the grotesque side of. It. Let's talk about the money here. Forty million dollar budget. Forty million dollars. What does this take home? At the well, I think they paid all the Hugh Jackmans. <laughs> <laughs> i think they all got a bit of a slice of it so i don't think they took anything home <laughs> what was the box office takings ethan uh i'm thinking 160 160 and liam i'm thinking low i'm thinking 120 are oh, you're close 109 Ooh, this wasn't wow. this wasn't a huge the box office no no this this gets word of mouth so yeah. this yeah this qualifies on the basis of the imdb rating being over eight yeah, that, that's what gets this one in. Yeah. Um. So there we go. I uh, was nominated for two Oscars for best art direction, and you know what? I totally didn't even notice this best cinematography. Wow. And I do. I think it's mm. understated, but it's really well done. Clever, clever. I think yeah. it does what it, it needs. The trick. It does. It does the trick. There we go. Yeah. It's always done in the way that creates enigma and withholds things from us until we need to see it. That's yeah. the genius of this film, and it tells you all the way through. Yeah. And, and and anytime there was there was a trick on stage, it's always shot beautifully. So good. Yeah. Um. Here's a little thing. Right? Who would you cast as who? If we were going to put on the prestige, who would you cast as who? Well, us. Yeah. 
Um, I think you're more of a Borden. Me. I think I'm more of an Angier. Yeah. I was going to say you're definitely more of an Angier. And I think Ethan would end up being Andy Serkis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I want to be Tesla so I can be Bowie. Tesla. Uh, I think you, you got you to. Gotta, there's a bit more age that has to happen there, my friend. Yeah. But yeah, no, yeah, I, I, right. I, can, I can see you kind of being the whole like, all right, here's the thing. Yeah, yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, you be the guy who probably like, don't you hurt my cat. <laughs> That's the thing. I was watching and I was like, I hope nothing happens to that cat. And then if anything, if it, you know what they say any better, there'd be two of me. There you go. Yeah. There yeah. You go. Oh, two snipsers would be the worst thing in the world. Yeah. The worst thing in the world. <laughs> uh, I don't know, I think George would probably be, uh, well, there's not many women in this film, is there? No, it's only the two. Not yeah. to say you have well, to go one of those two girl. roles. <laughs> yeah. Probably, probably more than one who drinks. I think she's more Sarah. Yeah. Yeah, more Sarah yeah. than, than uh, what was it, Olivia? Olivia, yeah. There's more heart because um, Olivia is so, just deceitful. Yeah, Olivia Olivia is deceitful. I mean, she's... Yeah. yeah. Well, she does come clean and says that I am fucking him. Well, yes, but there's also the part where she says, your wife wanted to meet me and I was too much of a coward to, like, you know, go, uh, go, go through with it. True. Yeah. Um, whose story is it? Can you separate them? No. That they're entwined with each other. If I had to, I would. Borden, if I had to. If I ha- oh, really? Because if I had to, I'd say Angier. Really? Because yeah. at the start of the movie, now, with, with reason, they withhold Borden from me. Whereas I see Angier with his, with his, with his wife. Okay. With his, with his girlfriend at the start, and when it's Olivia, with Cutter, I see them, and he's more someone who pops in, and then as the movie goes on, you swap. They do on purpose, yeah. They yeah. want you to be on his mm-hmm. side. Yeah. It's a, it's a fall from grace, yeah, yeah, and we yeah. get to witness his fall from grace. The he is the nicest the guy at the start of the movie. Oh, oh, the first act, yeah, and he's afraid of getting his hands dirty. Like he's 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 he doesn't yeah. want to do it. You know, he's he's he. I don't know. He's not quite Robert De Niro or or what is it, Pacino in in, in the Godfather. He's not Pacino in the Godfather, <laughs> no. where he starts off good and he's like, no, stay out of the business, and then he gets more and more corrupt. Yeah, um, but he's not too far. It's to the same that. idea we see the moral compass because like, I don't want anything to be her and then how far does that how far can you push ki- that I'll yeah. kill myself each night just to do yeah, that yeah, I will, and that can be a met I will kill myself to and, and send my, my my rival to his execution for it yeah um what is the story I mean I think it's just the idea of just a spiral a spiral of, of ego ego yeah ego ambition yeah what does it say yeah. men's men's uh ambition exceeds his imagination exceeds his morality yeah. as well yeah 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 um they both don't come out of this clean at all role of women it's not very good no it's no. we have two women one is the sweet nice girl and the other is the sexualized it's not bad it's not bad no. but there is the idea of here's here's the good girl and then here's the sexy sidekick yeah and you have the third one who exists solely to die like her existence is to be fridged. Wait, who's the who's the? What do you mean the third one's to die? One's I, I was I was including Sarah in my list. Who are you putting on the list? Yeah, this third one. Oh, the daughter. I thought you were talking about. Um, no, I was talking about um, Angie's wife. Oh, his wife. His wife's yeah. a combination of the two of them. Yeah, yeah don't you think? She is. Yeah, yeah. She's got the but sexy, fun side, but... just for death. Yeah. Her yeah. her that's what, that's her existence is to drive the men forward. Yeah. The thing is, she's yeah. done so early in the movie that. Yep. You kind of forget. Peekaboo, paraboo. I think that's the point. Yeah. Um, best favorite character. 
Okay. Well, this is difficult. I struggle. Or performance, if you struggle, if you want it that way. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Favorite character is different. Mm-hmm. Favorite character and favorite performance are different. Yep. My See, favorite. Because I think we're all going to choose the same favorite character because I think two of them disqualify themselves. <laughs> yeah, my favorite character is Michael Caine. Yeah. Carter, because he's our moral compass and he's the one who is telling you from day one, I've been around this. I make these things. It's this. He uses a bloody double. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's supposed to use a bloody double. What about uh, favorite performance? <laughs> favorite performance would probably be Hugh. Only because... You go from a very likable guy to a not very likable guy. Yeah. Where Christian Bale juggles the two yep. all the way through yep. rather than showing one. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's constantly good and bad. Where Hugh is very good to turn bad. So you have to dislike him after having all this sugar and cream at the beginning of him. Well, it's hard, isn't it? You know, you, you've yeah. got to, it's hard to have someone you turn on at the beginning to turn good. But it's also hard to be good to turn on someone because you're still going, oh, yeah, but he, he, he was this. He was that. Oh, yeah, it's only because of this, though, that he went this way. So you're trying to justify everything. You don't justify everything by the end of this movie. You're like, no, he deserved what he gets. Yep. And the start off is, you know, his, his wife died. And so you could justify up to a point. But I stopped justifying when he went, I don't care about her. Mm, okay. So that's when I turned mm. on him. Best performance, Hugh Jackman. Best character, Michael Caine. Car. Okay. Um, Ethan. Uh, for me, the best character was Tesla, just because I thought, like, with with the addition of I David Bowie. Bowie playing him, you get just such a mysticism around him, and also because yeah, at yeah. this point, at that, uh, at that point know, in time as well. To be fair, yeah. some, it's some the cast in a David Bowie allows all that kind of. You know, cool factor, whatever. It gets attributed to Tesla oh, yeah. automatically. And, and exactly. Uh, it's yeah. so well done. Yeah. And also, because at this time when the film comes out, Tesla is not like not well known, but there's still that air of his history is like not public knowledge, the same that like Edison's. Well, is. well I said it was, it was the first I'd heard of him. Yeah, that was exactly. my introduction. Yep. Yeah. I think people now know of Tesla because of like the Tesla cars and only yeah. then like. They, they the see Tesla cars, oh, yeah. based on blah, blah, blah. Oh, it's because Tesla's Elon Musk's dad, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but favorite, favorite performance is Hugh Jackman as well, because it's everything Liam said, but the addition of um, the, the double, the addition of the fact that he's so able to just change like that. Are, with are, are we talking about Root? Yeah. Root, yeah. yeah okay. With Root, and it's so... So impressive to see that, like you said, when they, ha- they have the exchange between each other, and I believe they're two different characters and not the same actor, because yeah. it's so well done. Yeah. Um, what about you? My the favorite, leader, my, the leader of our pack. My favorite character. <laughs> my favorite character is going to be Cutter, isn't it? Of course it is. Because um, <laughs> he's the one who doesn't go. Like he's not clean. His hands aren't clean. No, 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 no. Far from it. He, he shows knows you his limits, beginning. though. Yeah, yeah. He tells you, you need to yeah, get his your hand, hands dirty. Point, yeah. Yeah. His hands aren't clean in any of this, but he is the one who knows where the line is and stops. How many times does he stop and yeah. say, I've, I've had enough? I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Mm. Uh, my hair performance, I'm really struggling with this in the sense that you've got Jackman, who goes from like the nicest guy there ever was yeah like think about his demeanor when he's like with, with his wife and this the the, the fishbowl and they're hugging and it's like he's such a sweetheart yep 
and then at the end when he's just like gone and then in the middle when he says you know i don't care about my wife i care about a secret and that falls so he goes from like a 10 to a one you know what i mean yep and then you've got like borden who's going from like a seven to a three but he has to be doing and it can't be too far we go who that wait hang on he who goes, the heck are you he goes seven to a three to a six to a four uh, to a two <laughs> do you know what i mean He's, which is which is kind of human and you caught me in a bad moment and yeah, all yeah, these yeah, little yeah. nibs we get where we go well yeah we have bad moments and their marriage maybe it's not you know a, a great marriage and da 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 uh, I think at the end I will go with Jackman mm. as my. Uh, although I want to mm. show, I want to give some some love to Bale because I think he he nails this, and oh, he's got yeah, the hardest job. Just keep juggling. He's, he's got to juggle it and not make it obvious. But still, when you watch it and look back at it, go no, no, it's there. Yeah, That's yeah. hard. That is hard. And oh, props yeah. to Nolan as well because he's got to watch over that and make sure they're they're, they're sort of walking that, that line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And honorable mention to Sarah, who I think actually has quite a nice arc in her in her breakdown from this naive yeah. girl who becomes slightly more aware of what's going on, and then she can't live with that, and she <sighs> hangs herself. The, I in, know what you are. She hangs herself in the engineers. It's heartbreaking. Workshop. Yeah. Ooh. Um. So yeah. So, but I would go with with Hugh Jackman, who I think is fantastic in this. Um, yeah. I would like to make an honourable mention to the third drunk on the left. Um, <laughs> <laughs> best moment, raise the glass. Best moment or element? Ooh, best moment or element? The reveal. In it, that's the best moment. Sure. Because the bit where the hand goes down and then you see it's him and yeah, and uh, he's still got the, like, the sideburns on from his Fallon makeup. Yeah, it's mm. it blows your mind, doesn't it? It does cause you to go, and then to a movie's credit, it gives you a chance to breathe for a moment. Because you flip flop through the sure through through the whole movie. Because, yeah. like I say, I was thinking things and then unthinking things, yeah. and then going, "Well, yeah, it must be that." Well, no, okay. it's so good at giving you a hint and then instantly making a loud noise somewhere else. You get distracted, and then this whole confusion just all of a sudden is like a brick wall just smack you in the face. Yeah, and you go, "Fuck." Yep, uh, Ethan. I think the dialogue in this is so clever because you've got so many quiet moments where you're just discussing uh, how a magic trick is done or just the relationship between people. And almost every line has some kind of double meaning if it's, you know, what it's going to reveal or sort of what it represents. And it's so well written, but the performances given by that dialogue elevate it even more throughout the performance. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go for myself with, it's the narrative structure. Mm. Now, mine, I, I can't really talk about mine without talking about yours, Liam, but I don't think you can talk about yours without really talking about mine, yeah, yeah. which is the way and the order the information is presented to us is done in a way so that when the reveal is given to us, it A, it knocks us on our backside, yep. but B, upon rewatch, you go, no, no, it holds up, yeah, and there's no yeah. glaring holes. And uh, I think Nolan and Nolan... <laughs> The Nolans, who said, "I'm in the mood That's for it. dancing, <laughs> we're, romancing." They were in the mood for dancing all over my brain because they absolutely uh, created something um, that still to this day is my favorite film to watch with someone for the first time. I think because uh, I, I can never. It's like you're chasing 
that first taste of a dish you 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 had once and you're like it's never as good as the first time or whatever it might be and i can't ever experience that for the first time i wish they had those men in black flashy things so i could go back (laughs) and watch this again for the first time (laughs) and the closest i can do is that contact high where basically i watch it with someone else who's watching for the first time and sort of see that and then talk that talk that through i think it's amazing um so that's my choice for that uh a grumble a grumble okay ethan's gonna hate me here oh no my grumble is david bowie oh really okay um, oh i loved that david bowie was in this i love that he was tesla because all his um enigmatic charisma that he is known for as david bowie yep. and the air of mystery about him as david bowie mm-hmm. um brings depth to this character tesla because of what we know of Bowie. But he's acting in this? Mm. I'm not going to disagree with you. Shady. There was Shady. There was... He's really m- minimal. Yeah. And for this talk about... Ca- I, I don't need him to be Captain Jack Sparrow. That's no. not what I'm asking. No, 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 no. But there's a difference between Jack Sparrow in this. Yeah. And, the, and we know the guy can do charisma. I mean, we, I've seen Labyrinth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so there was a... It's, it's not quite the same, but remember when everyone was making the big deal about Keith Richards being in the Pirates yeah, of the Caribbean movie, yeah. and then he was like the most yeah. boring guy there ever was? <laughs> I kind of got a little bit of this where I'm like, oh, I thought he'd be bigger in presence than this. Yeah, his presence didn't give that same It's like he was keeping things at a two or a three, and I'm like, just give me to a five. Yeah. That's all I'm asking. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ethan? Um... I think it's the use of fridging, I guess, which is just like, because every, almost every female character in this is just to develop someone else's narrative. And that's totally fine for um, Olivia and um, Sarah, but with um, the first wife, it's just so... I, I totally get it, I totally, but it just... does it, Her existence is solely to die, and I think See, that bothers me just from a narrative perspective my, i hear you my issue with it would be if it was on a log it's not it's difficult because you want to go i i want there to be a world where someone's a movie where someone's wife can still die and that causes something to happen oh no i'm fine with that i, want, I want more yeah. yeah i want more time i want more time with that character i think the scene with i keep coming back to that go that that ball scene i think it's really important do you also think hmm. though right she was a bigger named actress hyper parable yeah she was all right right no but she was mm. bigger back in the day right yep. so was this another um scream with drew ah, barry now so. to well if she was to die maybe, maybe yeah you know because her name gets in the credits quite high up uh-huh. you know and she's only on the screen for very little and i think that, about four minutes but her name doesn't have the same gravity now as what it did then yeah. and i think well if she can die well who yeah. who else could do you know what i mean i guess so um, that's why it's my the littlest grumble because okay. it's more just like I if I have five extra minutes with that character I want me more impactful but it still is uh, small things which I realize why they have to do it which knot yeah. did you tie I don't know because even if it was the other brother you'd at least go you'd talk to him hey which which knot did you tie and do they get on then do they do they hate each other do they are they yeah, that could have been something there. Mean? You know what? You know what? As he's dying, you know what would have been nice? A little bit of closure about the knot. Yeah. You know what? Mm. I wasn't the one who tied the knot. Yeah. I didn't know. Made such a big I found about it. He he didn't want. He would never talk to me about it. Yeah. One line. One line. 
And maybe he didn't talk about it because he felt so bad about it. Yeah, yeah, you know, whatever, whatever that is, right? So you want to take responsibility by saying it aloud. You take yeah, responsibility. Yeah. So yeah. maybe maybe a line in there just so it closes that for me as well. Yeah. Because I think a large part of the narrative at the start is based around me wanting to see some sort of comeuppance for for Andrew's wife's death. Also, because they kept swapping characters, mm-hmm. uh, the twins. Mm-hmm. Isn't it ironic that every time he asked the question, that was always the right twin that didn't know? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, it implies that. Yeah, no, no, you're right. You're right. It's supposed to be sporadic. It's supposed to be whenever. Yeah, you know. And these, how many times these, has he directly asked? He's asked at the funeral. He's asked before he gets shot. Was was? Oh, and he says it in the. He says it. He says it in the journal. Yeah. 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 So one part of my mind, and that part's designed just... That's a shame, because that part's designed just to antagonize him. Yeah. That's yeah. a bit rough on both of them. Yeah. Whoever wrote it. So, yeah. But two times directly when one was specifically asked and told it, it wasn't me. Because even when he shoots him, he, he still doesn't know. And he, he accepts his fate, but he goes, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and take a look at... Is anybody's best role ever? Um... It's difficult because they're both really good performances of Jackman and Bale, but I've seen them in done, other movies as well. Yeah. Like, look at Le Mans 66, Ford and Ferrari. Ferrari and Ford. The fighter for Bale. I mean, the you know, f- I, 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 I brought up earlier Prisoners as well. See, I'm going to go with this over Prisoners, although he's very good in Prisoners. I think it's that final scene for me in Prisoners, but they're yep. both so good. Yep. Uh, Hell, it, it, it's close great for me. Is, they're both done other things that have been Actually, just as good. Mm-hmm. Bale's fantastic in Vice. Bale's great in the Bale's Bale's great in the Big Short. It's it's, it's an ensemble piece. He's great in American Psycho. Oh, he's great in American Psycho. Yeah, he is. Oh, isn't he? He is. You know, he is. It's it's hard. Yeah, I mean, he's such a. We covered him in Newsies on on talking the Mickey, right? You know, so (laughs) from that to here is is something. You know, no one's saying Batman because Batman's not that part. No, you know what I mean. Even as a young kid, when he was in Empire of the Sun, I didn't see that one. Yeah, who wants to say Terminator? Uh, I've never seen Get it. Off my set. I, I just know, yeah, he had the big, he had the big tantrum, big didn't he? Um, let's go ahead and take a look at. I never want to hurt my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? And 109 episodes in. Still got to say, thanks so much to Moonlight Social for our age game, Diddy. Yeah, thank you so much. I've been on board for all 109, but it's been, it's been most of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ethan, what we got, buddy? So, first we've got Christian Bale. Oh. 33. Hang on, when was this? 2006? Yep. Mm. 38. Ian was the closest, 32. Oh, wow. That's quite close. Yeah. Yeah. Then we've got Hugh Jackman. Hugh the Jackman. Um, I've got 38. Yeah, he's going to be older. Slightly. 36. You're both really close. 37. <laughs> Just for the record, I said, like, well, I said 38. You went, yeah, he's going to be older. 36. I mean, I mean in my head. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Older than, older than Bale. Okay. <laughs> in my head, I was going older than Bale, of course. <laughs> Not older than what you said. Oh, okay. <laughs> I see what then you're we have Scar like, Joe. <laughs> you can't oh, see how my, Scar my brain works. Yeah. Uh, 25. 24. 21. Wow. Yeah. Older there, didn't she? 
Yeah. They were really pushing her to become like the new Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Early in her, yeah. Then we've got Michael Caine. Oh, jeez. Michael Caine, okay. 66. No, I'm going to go. It's 70 at least. 73. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How old is he now then? It's like 80-something. Add add 16 to that, yeah. So that's yeah. like 80, 89. Yeah. Fuck me. And then Rebecca Hall. Oh. Is that Sarah? Yeah. Um, yeah. 33. Oh, you're you're so, 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 so high. 24. Exact, yeah, 24. Wow. <laughs> well, well done. <laughs> And finally, an easy one, thinking about it, uh, David Bowie. David Bowie. Bowie. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, hmm. 53. 60. 59. Yeah. Oh, well done. I really did well Died this time. 10 around. years later yeah. at 69. Oh, did he really? 690. Yeah. There we are. Uh, let's go ahead and take a look at some critics. This went 76%. At the time, it was uh, Christopher Nolan's lowest rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Yeah. Uh, Interstellar has since passed that. Uh, let's go ahead and click on a few here. Uh, let's start with Bob Mondello from nationalpublicradio.org. This film is never less than engaging, though considering that the title of The Prestige refers to the moment a magic act gives its wow factor, it's kind of a shame that the ultimate reveal in the movie is a little too tricky for its own good oh, a bit kind of half and half on that one mm-hmm. we've got uh joshua rothkip from time out magazine who says the who's bilking who mind games makes for compelling fun but once the presto moment of the prestige is revealed you're left with nothing but shattered illusions all right well written but mm. about that and finally, then, uh, our good friend of the podcast, I'd like to think, <laughs> Roger Ebert, Ebs, who says, I say scrolling. Um, Is he a friend? I, I'd like to think so. I think he would have been says what you will yeah. learn in this movie is i believe a disappointment nothing but a trick about a trick with a sinking heart i realized the prestige had jumped the rails and that rules we thought in place no longer applied yeah he gives it three stars out of four that's not bad so interesting good. thing here it says now you see him now you see him <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's a a fun little reference there um i put up the fleece as always looking for uh what people thought of the film did people think it was a great good okay or a poor film we've got 62.1 percent of the vote calling this a great film wow. 27.6 call it good only 10 percent called it okay nobody called it a poor film Let's take a look at the feedback from our Patreon backers. So we've got here Hermes, who says, Christopher Nolan is one of my favorite directors. Seemingly, he can do no wrong in my eyes. The acting is amazing. Story is near flawless. The twist being one of the best and simultaneously most frustrating in recent memory. And the themes played throughout are all deliciously fun to examine and re-examine we've got katie mccray who says this was a war between rivals with the weapon uh, being potentially deadly magic tricks it was a puzzle but when you think you figured it out it takes an unexpected turn or did it you're never quite sure if you figured it out even when it's over like magic itself very creative and entertaining and well written yeah. mrs mccray yeah. if i may say so oh, i thought so too uh number three ensign davies says did you guess the ending i didn't after robert found the cat in the hats i thought that a cat in the hats i thought that <laughs> alfred had copied himself tesla style didn't see the twin thing coming it was a great film full of twists and turns and gross bird tricks next up we've got reverend bruce Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Says, when you announced the prestige of this week's film, Mrs. Reverend Bruce and I were just sitting down to watch an authentic live performance of Shakespeare's Comedy of Errors, his play about two sets of identical twins. In this performance, one female actor played both parts of the twins who were attendants. So fun to see the same trope in the prestige, with Christian Bale playing identical twins with much higher stakes. Very poignant to see the Borden twins each get half a life, raising the question, how much of your humanity would you give up for your chosen craft? There's another version of me who does all the tweeting. <laughs> uh, next up, we've got Juline, 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 who said, I love this movie. I hated both the main characters, but I love, love, loved the story. The twist in the end was fantastic. Also, my husband listened to BFE on the way home. I told you it was a twin. P.S. Was anyone else watching this movie thinking Batman? Great pick, Ethan. <laughs> saying he picked it because he heard me go on about it for two years yeah just saying. maybe I, I think he <laughs> no you still got credit you get credit for it i got i think ethan Pan. hang on i got katie mccray again are you <laughs> stuffing the ballot box here mrs mccray what's going on here <laughs> number seven chris peterson says i had seen this movie before many years ago so i knew the twist ending i was unsure if i would like it as much as i did my first viewing but i was so wrong the pacing was very good something we kind of talked about narrative structure mm. but the pacing's fantastic i didn't feel bored at all and it kept me interested all the way to the end the acting's very solid for the entire cast, especially from Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale. David Bowie's small role as Tesla was a surprisingly good one as well. The twist ending is still as mind-blowing as the first time I saw it. Highly recommended and a must-watch. A few gripes, but nothing that makes the film really bad. Hmm. The Yeet Meister. The Prestige is an amazing film. The twist at the end felt properly set up and actually brought out an audible gasp. The cast brought powerful and excellent performances, and although I'm unsure how I feel about Scar Joe's accent, <laughs> the engaging... Okay. You did. People have said they think that maybe her whole performance is a con because her accent was bad. Oh, okay. So there's another... I, I don't, I don't like fan theories. I, I'm not a fan. I just thought she was okay. Um, the engaging story of Obsession Revenge and their cost hammers home that no one ever truly wins at such a game. I am sad I can't watch this movie for the first time again, but I'm excited to see my friend's first time watch. That's exactly what I'm talking about, man. Yeah, yeah. Well done. You can catch the Eatmeister on our quiz on Friday, so give that a shot. And then finally, friend of the podcast, Ethan, help me out. It's Dwayne Smith. Wayne Smith. Who says, Nolan's films, although in great mostly, just confuse me, and this one is no exception. I've seen this twice, and I'm still not sure I entirely followed it. Maybe your review will fill in a few gaps for me. I love a continuous mystery around this film, and I do love a bit of magic. Bale and Jackman are brilliant opposite each other. First as friends, and then bitter enemies, which is much more fun. There's also the obligatory Michael Caine inclusion. He is as ever wonderful understated is the wise cutter i get the end of the film with a feeling of awe and feel like i've been hypnotized i'm giving it uh and we'll find out in a moment after the break <laughs> uh over to the fledgling fandom on the twitter, twitter uh who have said as i click on no i don't want to click on the hyperlink i want to click on the tweet thank you very much tweet, tweet. thank you um my sister says this film was exactly what i needed this week these are my favorite roles for both bale and jackman i remember sitting in the theater watching this for the first time being surprised and delighted every twist and turn years later i was just as thrilled hashtag great flick uh carlo from the movie loot said "Ooh, great film i love all the twists and turns that nolan takes us through while exploring the obsession and rivalry between these two magicians and the length some people will go because of it i know a lot of people dislike things that happen towards the end but i think it only makes it more interesting and tragic my number two nolan film behind memento when Harry Met Movies succinctly says, comfortably Nolan's best film for me. And then finally, Baz, be like Baz, be like, be like Baz, Baz, be like Baz, says, 
stop the count because he was the first one to vote and voted it a great film so he wanted it to keep a hundred percent on its greatness rating you know what 62.1 since we've been doing this metric is one of our highest for great great film that's really high i don't know what we did actually i might can i scroll i might just scroll ever so slightly to what we did last week and just see how that did uh it's django 55.7 so i'm just saying yeah i'm just saying so let's go ahead and give our ratings i've been talking for a bit and got to find george's feedback so liam why don't you guys go ahead and start out okay i thought i'd seen this movie and i think i've just seen fractions of it before i knew the ending um it's it's one of those films that yeah first watch you're just like jesus christ what the hell happened there um i i like this movie i like the acting more than i do the movie itself um i don't like the main leads <laughs> as their characters um i appreciate having bowie in it that really shocked me um but i can understand why they did um even though his actor weren't that great but i shall give this eight and a half cloned hugh jackman's eight and a half cloned Hugh Jackman's. Yeah. Out of 10. I was going to give it a nine, but I decided not to only because it's not a film that I would go back to watch very soon. It's a film I'd watch again in 10 years. Is that your definition? I'm not challenging, but is that your definition of a, uh, of a thing that you would, oh geez, I'm just completely botching what I'm trying to say here. Uh, is that a, a thing that, sort of guides your your rankings is the idea of how many times you'd you'd go see it or how soon again you would go see a film yeah okay cool yeah because um i like this film i do and i appreciate it and i understand more of it more times i watch it um maybe that will appreciate as i as i watch it again another time and see things that we picked out on today um but it's just one of them films i can't it's like usual suspects i can't watch it over and over i have to watch it every 10 years to to appreciate it all right, uh, let's go ahead and actually, I'll do George's now, Ethan, okay? Yeah. Just that way I can stop talking for a minute in between. <laughs> uh, so uh, I've got George's feedback here. Last time she did one of these, it was really good. So let's see kind of how she came with this one. <laughs> she went, okay, here's a bit. The Prestige is a film that is just as good on the first watch as it is in the second, or perhaps even better. The idea that we are directly told what is going on and what will happen from the very beginning, and yet we're told, and, and yet like we're told, we're too naive to see it. It's incredibly well-written and active with a lot of foreshadowing without being frustrating. The story is clear throughout. It has you, uh, sorry, I've lost it. It has you think you know exactly what's going on and still manages to pull off an incredible twist. The film deserves so much more credit. When people have asked me what films they should watch, this is always at the top of my list. It's clever about being condescending. It's funny, it's haunting, it's sad, and it's beautiful. A film that everyone should watch at some point in their lives and then watch it again a second time. I'm gutted I'm not with Ethan seeing it for the first time, as that's always a great experience, too. Big love to the prestige. Nine and a half out of ten fingers left. <laughs> nice one. I went a bad write-up. That's not a bad write-up at all. And nice. just, a, good, just a lot of heart for that one there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Has Georgia ever given a 10? Oh, yeah, she has. Little Miss Sunshine. So there we go. So, uh, Ethan, your vote, please. Yeah. Um, so I went in going as blind as I possibly could, as if I was doing the stagehand for uh, his final oh, show. Jeez. 
and, and I was so thoroughly impressed with this. I didn't know where I was going. I'm very iffy with um, Nolan because of things like Tenet and um, like his more let's try and be really smart films. And I was worried it was going to be this. And from from the get go, I'm drawn into the mystery. I'm going to compare this to another film I love, uh, Us by uh jordan peele where the entire film i'm trying to figure out what's going on and the second that i think i know what it is it flips its entire meaning and by the end of the film i'm experiencing a fantastic performance fantastic writing and uh an ending that leaves me feeling almost melancholic in like i'm glad it's over but th- this wasn't the ending i want but i accept it and just there's so much this film that is so well done in sense of mystery and dialogue and and payoff. The payoff is so well executed, even though it's it's soul destroying. And my entire worldview of um, Jackman has changed in like seconds. Uh, and because of how masterfully I think it's done, I'm going for nine and a half. Uh, Top hats out of 10. <laughs> top hats from a top cat. Well done, you. Hey. All right. Uh, oh, I put that in the wrong area. Let me fix that. Uh, there we are. So, uh, Mygo, um, are you listening closely? 10. This is that gateway film to which I'm telling someone, okay, you really want to sort of, well, what kind of film are you into? I'm like, it, it's this, this little bit of sunshine are kind of my two automatic go-tos. In terms of kind of mood you're in, but if it's about watching someone just blow their mind for the first time, it, it's absolutely this. This is a course in, the acting is faultless yeah throughout mm. the acting is i mean we, we, we can we can talk about should should tesla have dialed it up a little bit but his acting it's not poor i guess and andy circus helps him a lot oh helps yeah. him a lot without him he would have been worse um because it tends to be a perfect film it just has to be a perfect movie going experience where i walk away going ah yeah. oh, and you carry it with you and this i carry with me mm, and yeah. it still is I'm that film where i'm like are you watching and it works as a metaphor for filmmaking what can we do how can we control the parameters are you what and, and it just it does what it says as georgia said it hides it it's it says he's he's a double it's a double we get told that about 30 <laughs> minutes into the film it's yeah. a double yeah yeah. And we're like, no. And then when we go, you can be like, I'm going to disagree with Ebert here on this one. Yeah, the, the twist, you could go, it's not much of a trick if he's got a twin. I know, but what does that mean for the rest of the movie we yeah, saw? Yeah. It's not about the trick. See, Angier's worrying about the trick. The, the the thing that makes me go, wow, is the misdirection for the other hour and 45 minutes mm. when they weren't doing the trick on stage. Mm. That is the genius. And the fact that you misdirected me and kept me from seeing it, and it was literally right in my face the whole time. Yep. That, yeah. to be able to manipulate my response, I think I'm a pretty bright guy, but to manipulate my response to that degree and then not have me go, no, no, hang on, that didn't work. No, you go back, it totally earns it. Everything lines up the way it should be. So it gets 10 prestiges not under the stage but soaking in the beautiful light of day of the applause out of 10 that is my rating i have now after going 98 episodes without giving a single 10 i have given two out in the last 11 episodes Wow. Oh, yes. Yeah, a little yeah, sunshine, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you put this in the blender with our Patreon vote, 
which the average vote after I take out Katie McRae's attempt to stuff the ballot box, <laughs> 8.375 wow. is the Patreon vote. Oh, so good. you put us all together. It comes out at 9.18. That's incredible. Which wow. is, I'm looking. It's number two, right? It is. It was Chicago for the longest time. Yes, this is now officially our number two best film Ooh. ever. So we had Little Miss Incredibly. Sunshine, which is the other film we've ever given that has a, an average over nine, and this yeah. as our one two. <laughs> um, yeah, so a, a big big shoe. So and, and and well chosen, Ethan. Well chosen. What I had. There, there's still some well in the recommended. Cha- the chamber's not empty. Still, there's still some big films left in the chamber. And the beautiful thing about film is, I'm eager to go see a film that. I'm not protective of this one. Nothing can ever come. I hope I go to the <laughs> cinema next and I see a movie that makes me feel the way these movies do. I'm still holding back on one it's of It's the them. best feeling. I know which one you got. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it, when you go ahead and you watch them and you're like, wow, that was ridiculously, ridiculously good. And the last time I went and saw one, that, and it was only a few years ago, it's the one that Liam's got in his chamber. So, oh. so I'm sure Ethan will bring Ooh. that in a couple of Yeah, I'm sure he will. He'll get wind. He'll get wind. Here we go. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that in there. So, <laughs> uh, as always, our thanks go f- to to our Patreon backers who yes, help us do what so, we can so do. Much. We heard from them Incredible. in the feedback. We had Reverend Bruce. We had his wife Katie. We had Julene. We had Dwayne Smith. We had Lena Oberholzer, Ian Davies, Chris Peterson, Randall Silva. Uh, we had Hermes who joined for the first yeah. time today. I realize I haven't updated yeah. my back page. Thanks. So if I have missed anybody, my absolute apologies. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I have missed one. Oh Keep my. my Yeetmeister, thank you. Woo. Oh, so there we go. Sitting here, uh, Yeetmeister also gave it a ten. Ah, uh, there we are. Lowest Ooh. grade was given was an eight, which by like seven people gave it eights. Oh, okay, and then we had a nine and a ten. Cool. So, well, the, I think the nine was from. Oh, I think it was from Chris Peterson, but I could be wrong on that. Okay, I'm not looking at the sheet now. So now all of us have to do is talk about what we're doing next week. Ooh. Next week. We're going to a certain degree. We're going to go train spotting. (laughs) But we're not going to the Scottish Highlands. No, no, no. We're going on board the Orient Express. No, right on the Orient Express. We've got Murder on the Nile or something like that. What's it called? Death on the Nile? Death on the Nile. It's in theaters now. Yeah. We're going to go back just a few years, five years ago, and check out where it started with Kenneth Branagh's Hercule Poirot on Murder on the Orient Express. And you know he's in that, don't you? Johnny Depp? Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, Michelle Pfeiffer is in that. So <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. So lots to talk about there. If you're in the UK, apparently it's up for free on, on channel four film right now. So you can go ahead oh, and watch yeah. it that way. But, uh, if not, I'm sure it's out there somewhere for you to go ahead and check out. So that's murder on the Orient Express next week. No. Yeah. Next week on the BFE. Yeah. I'm surprised that qualifies. What? It doesn't qualify, but because the because the sequels, it's one of those ones where I go, it's in the public conversation. Yeah, yeah. I did think, if I'm being honest with my sort of producer hat on, I thought, do we do the old school one with Sean Connery, or do we do the new one? And I thought, thinking with my hat about downloads and people actually engaging with it, because I think the other one's a better film. Which is the one with Sean Connery? I know there was Peter Ustinov. Sorry, I think it's the same one. It's the same one. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the one from like it was like a it was like a two. VHS version of yeah, it from yeah, like yeah, 1980. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I'm earlier than that. Okay, it? well, uh, but I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah I, think, I think it was that stuff, one. Yeah. So, uh, looking forward to covering that. Uh, I think it's got some massive holes in it, but uh, it's, massive holes. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful it's, movie though. 
It's shot well. So shot well. Shot well. Is it shot with purpose? We'll talk about that. <laughs> this one was shot with purpose. Yes. When we did that. Yeah. Yes. So we'll talk about that. So please catch us for all the stuff we got coming up here. It's been a fantastic week here at the BFE. Please go ahead and just... You know, you want to get a hold of us? It's at Best Film Over Pod on the Twitter. If you want to be involved with your voice on the Patreon, if you want to have your number count like our Patreon backers did, it's patreon.com slash BFE. For as little as three pounds a month, you can have your vote count in the overall rankings. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Or you can go all the way up the ladder and join us like like Julene did, like Reverend Bruce did, like Hermes is going to. You can pick one of the movies. You can pick one of the movies and, and force us to sit mm-hmm. through your choice. Take one of the bullets out of our chamber. There we are. Thank you. So, um, please hit us for all that stuff, but join us next week as we tackle a whole bunch of personalities in (laughs) Kenneth Branagh's murder on the Orient Express. For next, for next week. (laughs) I've done so much multitasking. (laughs) You have. You've done very well. For best film ever, I've been Ian. I've been Liam. And I've been Ethan. I want to remind you every podcast consists of three parts. Or axe. Remember, when something disappears, you won't clap yet. Because making something disappear, like Georgia, or like the space between our podcast, isn't enough. Next week, we have to bring them back. We'll catch you on the flippity flap. The flippity flip flap. <laughs>